much, but have you watched the Loki series yet? No. It's really fucking good. Like, I've I've seen a few memes and stuff about uh, it. Like, like at one point we get multiple Lokis. We like get like mul- alligator Loki. Yes, and yes, and we see, we get a glimpse of Frog Thor. Um, in the one episode, <laughs> it, it's just a glimpse. You, you just pass it if you're not paying attention. They just go right pa- by it, but it's it was really fucking interesting to see Thor Frog, or Frog Thor, or whatever. I think then the last episode of this season. I think there's going to be a second season, but I don't know. I don't think there's anything. There has been anything official about the second season, but I can't imagine that they won't do a second season. Well, with. <sighs> With an actor as popular as Tom Hiddleston. Well, with the Wanda and Vision series, they only got one series, like one season. Um, and that was really popular whenever it came out, because everyone was jonesing for Marvel anything. Right, anything. And it was really popular. And then uh, Welcon- uh, Welcon- Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out, um, and it was moderately popular. I mean, it was more politically charged, of course, but... Just because of some of the subject matter in it. Well, yeah, it focuses on a black superhero, so... Yeah. Not only a black superhero, but a black superhero taking over for a white white superhero that's the symbol of the... And in it, they also talk about how there was, after Captain America, they tried to replicate the the super Super soldier soldier. serum, and they seemed to figure it out on another black uh, soldier. Only they didn't treat him the same way as Chris Evans's... Captain America. So, and there's a whole backstory, and it's really fucking interesting. So, I employ everybody to go uh, listen to, or watch, listen, go watch those two series along with the Loki series. So, I haven't watched Black Widow yet. It came out the other day. I've got it. I'm waiting. (laughs) Um, I haven't watched it yet either, just because, like, I knew that we were recording. Mm hmm. And I didn't want it to be about that. (laughs) So, (laughs) because I feel like if I watch it, I'm just going to be like, (laughs) <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, like, like <laughs> fuck Xavier and the mutants. <laughs> like we, we got, got fucking We got real superheroes to <laughs> yeah. talk about. We got real villains to talk about. Right. Uh anyway. Not, not fucking Quill Boy and Oh my god. And MC Clap Your Hands. <laughs> <laughs> what did he what is her name? I don't fucking remember. I want to say... Shockwave? Echo? It could be Echo. I I thought it was like something with like an A or an E at the beginning of it. Yeah, I really don't remember what her name is. But I know it's something to do with sound of some sort. Yeah, because I don't think she says anything in this movie. No, she doesn't. No, I'm thinking about it. She, she doesn't just, utter a word she's in just this like, movie. Yeah, and walks looks, really fucking awkwardly. Yeah, and looks menacing in the movie. That's it. I don't know that I would say menacing is the... Well, she always has this, like, resting bitch face. Yeah, she absolutely on. has resting bitch face, but that's... Arc light. There it is. In between... Oh, apparently, Psylocke was in this movie. And Glob Herman and Kid Omega. Wait, that was... Okay, how does this make any sense? So, Ken Young. The guy with the porcupine ability, his character's name is called Kid Omega. What makes him Omega? I don't know. Yeah, that's her name. Played by an actress, Omahira. Omahira? I'm not sure. Just one 
word name. I'm not sure who she is, but apparently she's been in multiple things. But not for a while. <laughs> I was going to say 2009? <laughs> yeah. Was the last one? Yeah. 2004, 2005, 2005, 2006, she's in X-Men, and then 2009, she's in one last movie, and then that's it. Uh, yeah, so she hasn't made a movie in over 10, yeah, 12 years now. I fucking hate so much of, <laughs> like, like that. Just, ugh. <laughs> like, ugh. Just that image is just, ugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say to it. It's just, <laughs> just fucking gr- like, <laughs> like you don't look menacing. You just look like I'm I, here. I don't, I don't know if it's the shirt or whatever, but it looks like she's standing at like a like she's standing somewhere, and then she's like, "I need to, I need to articulate it with my body more." So, like, my legs are going to be over here, but my head's going to be all the way over here. <laughs> and she's, like, standing at a 45, like, a with a 45-degree bend through her torso. <laughs> it's like, why? Why are you doing that? So she has, like, some weird, like, scoliosis thing going on. <laughs> I don't know, because scoliosis is the back. This is the side. So it's, like, scoliosis in the side? I guess. Sidiosis? <laughs> like, <ugh. laughs> I'm just not a fan Like The Morlocks Fucking awesome in the comics Yeah I was, like, There's, I, I was there's gonna, a fucking yeah, ton of say, them yeah. They all have different powers and stuff yeah. uh, The one that people interact with the most Is Morrow Who is in this movie But they make it a man And he only throws bone spikes instead of Is that who that guy is? I'm guessing But he's an Unnamed, yeah. Unless he's no glob, but that, that makes <laughs> glob even, that makes even less sense. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. I guess yeah, that would probably be the closest tomorrow. But it just she was an interesting co- character in the comics because yeah, she was the leader of um, uh, the Morlocks for a long time until I think like Crystal or somebody took over. I can't remember exactly. Right, and like Gambit was. Like Gambit always did a lot of stuff with the Morlocks. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. <laughs> we'll talk about fucking Gambit next week, Ryan. Oh boy. Am I excited for that? Because I fucking forgot how bad he is in that movie. <laughs> Once again, I say, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are here to talk about X Men Last Stand. X3! <laughs> well, they don't call it X3. They just call it X Men Last well, it's Stand. X3, and then the subtitle is X Men Last Stand. On the movie posters, I'm on the movie sure. posters because all on IMDb it just says X Men Last Stand or The Last Stand. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. The one I saw, oh, it's because uh, it's X Men, The Last Stand yeah, with the but Wolverine's claws, claws are over. through the X. <laughs> yeah, I see that. So it's X three. Yes. Uh, <laughs> either way, it's fucking ridiculous. Now. I want to put this into a fucking, um, uh, just a realization of where we are with how, when this movie came out. So, Brett Ratner directed the third X-Men movie because, uh, uh, I'm fucking blanking on it. Brian Singer, Singer went off to direct Superman Returns. Now, you put those two movies next to each other. I would have said, if you would have told me 
back when X3 came out, or X-Men Last Stand came out, if you would have told me that Brian Singer, or that uh, Brett Ratner would have directed a better comic book movie than Brian Singer, I would have punched you in the face. Because just between those two movies, X, X-Men Last Stand is a much better movie. Granted, they're both shit. But just between... Because Superman Returns bugs the shit out of me so much. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Routh, fucking amazing as uh, Superman. Yeah. yeah. It, it took me a second. I was like, wait, no, Superman Returns was good. And then I was like, wait, no, that's the one with, with Spacey Luther. Yeah, yeah, where he has the kryptonite shiv and he stabs Superman with it, yeah, which then, technically should have killed him, but whatever. And then he fucking lifts a kryptonite island out yeah, of the... Yeah, after being shivved. After being sh- kryptonite shivved. Yeah. So it's kryptonite on top of kryptonite. Right. <laughs> and he has a kid, which technically, if you're going... Because the way that they squeeze that movie in is after two in between... Or after one in between two. So Superman Returns goes right in between the first and second movie. But at the end of the first movie... Superman uses this weird ability to ma- give uh, Lois Lane amnesia. So she doesn't know who Clark Kent... Because by the time the end of Superman... Ha- the first Superman movie, Lois Lane figures out who Clark Kent is. Well, he get- for whatever reasons, for story reasons, Superman in the original Dawn or Superman, he gives her a, like a forget-me-not or whatever the fuck. Forget-me-now? <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't know who he hey, is. Hey, that's three for three, by the way. <laughs> And she doesn't remember who she is, so or who Superman and Clark is. She doesn't make that connection because of the whatever ability that Superman has that can do that for whatever you reason. You know, you look a lot like Superman, but you're wearing glasses. You can't, right, you know, right. You can't be. So this one takes place after that. So technically, at one point in Lois Lane's life, she realized she had Superman's kid, and she thought for maybe a minute or two, oh dear God, Superman raped me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's so fucking twisted and like no one thought to ask like hey maybe we shouldn't do it this way because yeah technically the character would have sat down and be like my kid can throw a fucking piano. He just did. That's, that's not normal for a that's not normal like 5-year-old behavior. <laughs> right. Oh, it was just so They bad. normally can't even flip coffee tables. <laughs> Grand piano is way heavier than a coffee table. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we were talking... We're not here to talk about Superman. Superman. We'll get to that movie eventually, just not anytime soon. We're here to talk about another shitty movie. See, this is a movie where I enjoy watching it just to see all the different characters pop up. Like, we have Kelsey Grammer's, uh, Hank McCoy in this, and he, he's doing a fucking amazing job at it. Yeah, he does good. There's Angel, I mean, he doesn't do much in the movie. There's Angel, but those two things, I'm like, this is interesting. And I think that, like... I don't even really care for this angel. Only because he doesn't do much. That's just I why. Like, I like Ben Foster as an actor. And yeah. then whenever he's uh, in the scene, like in the scenes that Angel is in, I'm like, okay, cool. But I don't, I don't think I like his wings. I think that's the issue. Maybe. Like, I just... I like the scene where he bur- bursts uh, out, but whenever you actually see him... Like, I don't know. Well, no. When he's the, flying and shit, the, it just doesn't the look... The fucking dive out of the window, just like the... Me! <laughs> Not burst out the window. I mean, burst out of, like, the little stand-up gurney thing that he's Oh, in. yeah. That, that was cool to see. But everything else after, I'm just like, mm, this doesn't look interesting. I much prefer... Uh, what is it? First class or... Whenever they give him, like, steel wings. 
Oh, that's Apocalypse. Or yeah, Age of Apocalypse. Um, that's also not well. A that's movie. and that's Archangel, not Angel. Yeah, but yeah. it it's the same character, but at different points in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. uh, anyway, uh, before I want to do something else before we uh, get to everything. Uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe on all our shit. We're gonna do it at the beginning and at the end as well. Um, follow us on iTunes and Twitter and Instagram at Nerdinian. Uh, make sure you do all that beforehand. And remember, uh, before we get into this movie, spoilers ahead. Don't fucking if you haven't watched this movie, um, you don't go really watch need it. to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, technically there isn't much to the story. It's just they do this, they find her, they do this. Magneto comes in, he takes Jean. Then they go to fucking Alcatraz Island. That's it. And then the big standoff at the end of the movie. Um, Anyway. But yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, do not listen or continue to listen because you just know how bad it is or people have told you how bad it is and you just don't want to watch it. Listen to us. Um, And and something else that we always fucking forget to do at the beginning. I'm Ryan Downing. And I'm Greg (laughs) Van. And this is Nerdinian. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, we, uh, once a week we take apart a, a nerd movie, any sort of nerd movie, we usually stick with a genre or a set of movies and just go from movie to movie within that genre or, I guess, arc of movies. Like this, the next few weeks we've been talking, or these past few weeks and the next few weeks coming up, we'll be talking about the X-Men mutant movies, we'll talk about the Deadpool movies eventually. With a with a slight interjection of yeah, every Black so often. Widow. Like Black Widow's at the end of just, this month. Just we'll fucking talk about. ramming itself up inside of us <laughs> right. with all its juicy goodness. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all all these X-Men movies also, if you haven't uh, gotten Disney Plus, you watch all these X-Men movies on Disney Plus, which I fucking enjoy to no end. Because there are a few gems in there. Like First Class is really good. I think Logan's on there as well. Logan's really fucking good. There are there are Logan's a few really fucking good. There are a few X Men movies that are really fucking interesting. Um. Anyway, so I also want to get to two things before we get to the dive into the movie. Um. A uh, Brett Ratner is a bit of a Brett Ratner. Is that what I said? Brett Ratner. Brett. Brett Ratner. Come on, Brett. Um. Uh. Apparently, he's not the greatest person to women. What a fucking shock. I know. Like, if you've ever seen him in interviews, he just looks like somebody that would... He, you, Whenever you see him in interviews, he's the type of person where you would tell your friend that is a girl, cover your drinks the moment he walks in the bar. Yeah, he looks like a sweet Yeah, he, he looks like somebody that would just roofie someone. A real Cosby type. Yes. <laughs> Can we make those jokes yet? I don't know. Um, but yeah, he has gotten into trouble. Uh, Olivia Munn, she wrote a book after she left G4, um, or attacked the show and left right. G4 and all that. She wrote a book and she had mentioned in it about a, uh, an encounter she had with a director. She doesn't name the director. She just walks into his trailer cause she was asked to come to his trailer and there he was standing in the hallway of his trailer, holding his dick and a piece of shrimp asking her to help him with the dick, not the shrimp. <laughs> so you just walk up and like <laughs> take there the shrimp. you go it's deveined <laughs> and then walk away uh, but she, in the book she doesn't mention who it is it wasn't until the me too movement came out and started building up steam that she felt comfortable enough to say who it was and then from there a bunch of other women came out and said that they too were assaulted by brett Ratner. We're not talking about Brett Ratner. We're just saying that, yes, we know he is a contentious person and he's a piece of shit. 
I'm not here to lift up his name. Trust me, by the time we get done with this movie, this movie will be in embers at this point. We'll burn this fucking thing to the ground. Um, but I want, want to just get that out of the way that, yes, we know Brett, Brett Ratner is a piece of shit. We're not here to it's, lift him it's up. It's almost super fucking depressing because, like, I want to say, like, three of the last four directors that we've talked about. Yeah, Brian Singer. Have all been pieces of... Well, I think just those two. Joss Whedon. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about it. Yeah, you, you're because of this Me Too movement, we're seeing a lot of people that have been protected. Which, which don't get me wrong, like, I'm not upset at the people that are finally being like, brought to justice bringing them to justice yeah like i'm not upset that they're like why why couldn't you just stay sat down and shut up no like i'm glad By all that means. you're finally getting justice yes but like it just makes as me, a side it note, just makes yeah. me it makes me sad that for whatever reason so many comic book movies have been directed like something that i love so much has been yeah directed by people that i think are human garbage yeah yeah, that's that's the downside because you always will have that asterisk like with the, any sort of Joss Whedon project. Oh, but he was a piece of shit. Yeah, Fireflies. Fireflies kind of been like. <laughs> I still love the. Li- I still love the subject matter of, and all that. A little that, bit but, of the nostalgia and yeah. like the goody good is gone yeah. out of it because it's not the same yeah. anymore. But um, a second thing I want to get to before we get to the movie. So Kitty Pride is played by or was in this movie played by Ellen Page. Elliot. Yes, she has now transitioned into a man. I was, I was curious if you were going to say that this movie starred Elliot Page or Ellen Page. Right, but I want to get to that because at the time of making the movie, she or he was Ellen Page. Right. And if we refer to her, or refer to him, I'm doing it right now, if we refer to him as her or Ellen Page, it's not because we're trying to ignore his pronouns, it's just, it's going to take us a minute. This is the first time we've ever talked about right. Ellen Page or Elliot. Right, right, and... Uh, and- so the way that I'm going to approach this, in in this particular movie, he played a female character. Yes. So whenever I I will do my best to either say Kitty Pride or uh Shadow Cat, I think is yeah. what they Yeah, it's also her they, name as well. Monic the moniker they gave mm-hmm. in the comics, not in her, the movie anyway. Right, her for the for her power and mm-hmm. stuff. So I will probably be trying to not say her, but if I slip up, it's not because we're like, yeah, we're not trying to ignore his pronouns. (coughs) We're not ignoring his pronouns. Um, we, we both very much support the, Mm -hmm. the LGBTQ plus community at large. And like there has, I know that there, that, they're, you know, facing a lot of people like not being okay with. Well, it's, you know, it's it's stupid. Like you were a woman, so I'm gonna call you her. No, there are a lot of people, yeah, just it's, blatantly ignoring pronouns and all that. Uh, it's it's now Elliot Page, mm-hmm. and I hope that he is happy inside his skin now. Yeah, she or see, I he, just, he did an interview with Oprah and he was talking about doing the whole transitioning thing and he seemed very happy now that he, he's now I I don't she never mentioned anything about it. Opera, she has a or he had his bre- breast removed. That part is done and over with, but I'm not sure if he or right, did he had any of the others. I don't know how to fucking 
approach the subject at all. I don't know if he had his lady bits adjusted into man bits. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but honestly, um, I don't think that it impacts the movie. So who fucking cares? Right. Um, anyway, uh, I just wanted to mention that. We're not ignoring pronouns. We, right, right. we know it is Elliot Page and that he is valid in uh, being considered Elliot Page. It's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> he just ran from the bedroom over to the nightstand to stare at the edge of the night, st- or not the uh, entertainment stand. Shadow Cat, what are you doing? <laughs> they call it Kit. I know. Because my son is... Kit the Cat. <laughs> yes, my, my son, I, I adore the fuck out of him, but he has a dog that he named Precious. Because she was precious. Or not precious. Sweetie. sweetie. Sorry. Fuck. Because she was a sweetie. Because she was a sweetie. He named... We got him a cat recently because, well, technically, we found the cat. Um, In a bag. Right. He, the cat was saved by Gage, which right. I think is adorable. It's a kitten, so he named it Kit. It's perfectly fine. I'm just like, be a little bit more inventive with the names. I mean... I, I want functions. I want an animal named Agamemnon. So start calling it Agamemnon. <laughs> no one will let me. <laughs> it's always Kit. I, Greg, I just <laughs> just stamp your foot and Call say it. you are infringing on my First Amendment rights. <laughs> right. <laughs> and call it Agamemnon. <laughs> or Aggie for short. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Let's get to this movie. We keep bouncing around talking yes, about let's... Elliot Page and now the cat because we're avoiding getting to this movie. Um, and rightfully so because, like I've said earlier, this movie is not the greatest. Like, I'm, I'm of the uh, belief that nobody goes out to make a bad movie. Everyone, from the beginning, I doubt anybody was like, this is going to be horrible. Let's do it anyway. Yeah. Everyone, whenever, during each process of the movie, they were like, this seems like a good idea. This seems like a good idea. This seems like a good idea. And we'll get to that as well with X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of fucking people thought uh, several of the ideas in that movie were fucking genius. Nobody's thought of this. We're fucking gods of literature and shit. But no, it's all fucking horseshit. Anyway, all right. Who's, who's in this movie, Greg? All right, so yeah, it was directed by Brett Ratner, written by Simon Kinberg and Zach Penn. Uh, it has Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, Ian McKellen. Huge Jackman, you mean. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Patrick Stewart, Femke Jensen, Anna Paquin, Ben Foster, uh, Kelsey Grammer, James Marsden for like a hot minute, uh, Rebecca Romaine, Sean Ashmore, A.A. A. Ron Stanford, <laughs> Vinnie Jones, Elliot Page, uh, Daniel Cudmore. Um, and so this movie starts off with like two openers. It has Jean Grey's opener and then it has like Jean Grey. I understand because it plays into what happens later on in the movie. Yeah. It then has Angel's opener with him as a child taking oh, yeah. off his wings. Yeah, I forgot about that one. But it leads nowhere other than just the link between the father and Angel. That's it. Yeah. And it doesn't really go anywhere other than his father really wanting to figure out a cure. I guess that's the impetus of his character, his father's character is trying to find a cure to. Yeah. Cause the end of that scene is, Oh no, not you. Right. Like it's it this mutant disgustingness is, right, right. is uh, affecting my son. And uh, it was, <laughs> it was, it was along the same lines of like, he probably didn't care about the issue until it affected him personally. Right. Um, anyway, so the movie starts off with the first opener, which is Jean Grey. Uh, we see a very 
uh, granted, I know it was the early 2000s, but the CG in this movie, holy fuck, young Sir, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen, it's just not good. No. It look, they look like porcelain dolls in this movie. Yeah. It looks just horrendous. Um, but yeah, they get out of a car and they're talking back and forth. And I believe uh, Magneto's like, uh, do we have, we, we're not going to visit them all at their homes, are we? Xavier and Xavier's like, no, 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 just this one. This one's really this special. One's special. They walk into their home, um, and then a few seconds pass, and they are now sitting on a couch, uh, talking to Jean and her Jean's parents, and they're just Xavier's talking about the school and about what they can offer Jean and all that. And the father's like, so that's all well and good, but you'll be able to help my daughter with her disease. And Magneto's like, disease. What are you talking about? He disease. Takes, he takes his underlying line through the entirety of the movies. Right, right. And it's just like, it's not a disease. Right. And Xavier excuses his or her parents um, and then speaks directly to Jean alone. And, and yeah, he, he basically says, well, he he's like, you're not the only one with uh, powers. Gene. He. Yeah, he, without saying it, he just says it in yeah, his mind to in, Jean. In his brain words, right? <laughs> into her brain, uh, and she replies. Uh, he says, "We're like," or Magneto says, "We're like you," and she's like, "There's no one like me." And then we just see all the things in the because she's sitting in front of a window. And we see all the things outside the window just lift up into the air. And now there were two cameos in that scene when they cut to outside and everything's lifting up in the air. Like there's an old man. Stanley with a hose, water's lifting where up in the, the air. Where the water's going. The but there's also way. a second man with a lawnmower where the lawnmower is being lifted up into the air. That man with the lawnmower, that's Chris Claremont. He wrote Days of Future Past. So I, when I was going through all the information for this movie, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. He's only in it for a second like Stanley, but really fucking cool. Um, anyway, so everything, I think, I don't think it, I think it just cuts to the uh, angel yeah. Scene. I don't think it does anything else because well, the every, everything drops back to the ground and yeah, and they're both astonished by it, yeah. that this little girl can do all that already. Yeah. So clearly she has some uh, powers. Big dick energy. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, we then cut to uh, ten years from because yeah, the opening scene was like 1976 or something like that. I think they put a yeah, time. Uh, I don't remember exactly a year on it. Was. I think. But then 10 years from that, we then have a little boy in a bathroom just carving out his back with just weird implements, like a small, like... There's like a cheese grater. And, yeah, it, but it's like just like a, a slit, like a knife, but it has the grooves of like a cheese... I guess something similar like a, 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 a carpenter would have. Like yeah, a, almost like a, like a file. That's it. Of uh, some variety. It, it looks similar to that. Um, but yeah, he's trying to use it and we just see blood on his back with like feathers all around him and shit. And then we, his father starts knocking on the door, like wondering what the hell is going on. The door's locked. He can't get in. And Open this door right now. Just a second. Just it, a second. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of those like stories you hear of boys jerking off in the bathroom and the parents walk up to the bathroom. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Open this door right now. Type shit like that. Um, but the boy is rushing. Just a second. I'm almost done. Right. <laughs> the boy is ru- trying to grab everything and put it into like this little box to throw into the drawer. Only it's not working. The drawers isn't closing properly. The box that he had it in isn't closing properly. And, and then right when he thinks he's about to have everything cleaned up, his father walks in and he sees the remnants. His father bursts in. Sees the remnants of the blood and the feathers all around him. And then he sees a reflection in the mirror of the stubs of where his wings are. 
or were at this point because they're just bloody stumps. Um, and he says what Ryan said earlier. Oh, no, not you, too. And then we cut to the uh, title sequence. Because there's no voiceover in this movie, which I kind of missed. No, um, I think it's... I think it's almost immediate where, like, Wolverine and... Oh, no, Cyclops yeah, yeah, they're in the talking. danger room. No, they're in the danger room. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're in the uh, danger cause room. Because we, we, immediately after the title sequence, it cuts to everybody, all this explosion and shit happening, and we don't know what the fuck's going on. Wolverine looking around desperately trying to light his cigar. Yeah, yeah, he eventually lights it on, like, some sort of, like, open flame on top of a car and shit. Um, he uh, is enjoying it for a second. A storm comes up beside him while they're leaning against the car, and... and they have like a back and forth where Wolverine's like, I don't think they're ready for this. Well, there's only one way to find out. And then Storm looks over and then says, Logan, he continues talking. We're getting, we're getting killed out here. Yeah. And he, she's like, Logan, what? And then right as he says, what? She grabs him. They spin out of the way as something falls on the car that they were just next to. And he's like, at this point, by the, get, by the time they get to the other side of the room that they're in or outside at this point, we find out later on. It's the danger room. Um, but once they get to the other side, away from the thing that fell on the car, we then realize that... Him to go, go. Yes, he lost his cigar. And it's just it's, it's this team building process of, like, uh, all... with We have Shadowcat, we have uh, Colossus, we have uh, Storm, Wolverine, and Iceman in there as well. And there, we have Storm and Logan trying to teach these kids on how to assess the situation and all that. Well, and, and Rogue is there, too. Is she? Yeah. Uh, because at one point, like she's by Colossus, and there's something that's going to explode on them, oh, and he touches right. her head, and his organic, like metal, metal yeah. stuff covers her. Oh, speaking of which, I forgot. I forgot. I was supposed to bring this up uh, whenever we were doing the second movie. My brother sent me a meme. It's just the the picture of like the black guy, like trying to figure something out and it says hits blunt bruh do you think magneto could make colossus's butt cheeks clap (laughs) (laughs) to which my immediate response because i'm a huge fucking nerd (laughs) was i said hmm asking the real questions then dot 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 i don't know is he transforms into a an organic steel that's comparable to osmium, but it's of an unknown composition. <laughs> to which he responded with Bill Nye screaming science. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so I guess as long as Magneto can control unknown me- unknown metals to him as well as uh, ones that are known, then the answer would be yes. And then I said that I'd pose the question to you. <laughs> and then he responded with, we can be certain he wouldn't opt for penetration as those metal buns would basically shear his dick off. <laughs> oh so what do you God. think? Can Magneto make <laughs> Colossus' cheeks clap, Greg? Um... Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is more of like an organic type metal type thing because yeah, he is. They don't obviously they don't talk about it in the comic books, but <laughs> and I can't think of a time that Magneto controls Wolver- controls Colossus like he does Wolverine. Right. So I'm gonna say no, or they would have 
fucking tapped into that by now in the comics at the very least. Yeah, of having him like stop him from not, doing something. Not necessarily clapping his <laughs> cheeks, cheeks but, but just stopping but, him. Yeah, like <laughs> no, you're not moving anymore. Right. And he's done that to Wolverine numerous times. Right. Not just in the movie. He's stopped Wolverine from doing whatever he needed to do because he's got metal throughout his body and shit. But yeah, the fact that we were talking about Colossus' metal <laughs> just made me remember. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Um <laughs> So anyway. <laughs> they're in the danger room. <laughs> right. And Colossus protects uh rogue with his organic steel and then at one point you see bobby about to be or uh, like he's freezing a missile mm-hmm. and he freezes it but there's a second one right behind it and kitty pride walks up behind him and grabs him mm-hmm. and makes him pass Yeah, basically pass have the missile phase through him and, and shit. And the yeah. missile just phases through him. And he's like, you know, thanks. Yeah. And then Rogue gets all fucking teen angsty, like, she touched my boyfriend. That was also a, a subplot in this movie where I was just like, why? I, I know, we I have to care. talk. We have to talk about it, even though neither of us care about it. But, yeah, we'll get to it here in a bit. Um, anyway, so yeah, Storm is trying to basically get the team to listen to her instructions, trying to tell them how to handle the situation. Logan's just doing off doing his own thing. He's not listening to fucking anything. At one point, Logan looks at the danger off in the distance. We get like two glowing orbs. We're not sure what it is. We just get two glowing orbs in the sky. Which, if you know the comics, you know what the fuck it is. Well, you you can surmise yes. that it's a sentinel. Right. Um, and then he looks at Colossus. He's like, hey, big guy. How's your How's, arm? How Tin Man? Hey Tin Man. Hey Tin Man. That's How's right. your throwing arm? Yeah, that's it. Uh, and then uh, basically Colossus is like steals up and then just grabs Logan. Wolver- or, uh, Storm is like Logan. Wait, we need to think about this. And then he We're automatically tells to do Colossus. It as a team. Automatically tells Colossus, "Throw me." And he does the fastball special on this movie, which in the kind comics, of. yeah, kind of. So in the comics, Colossus is this mountain of a man. Wolverine is like five one. Yeah. So it almost looks like a giant man throwing a ball in the comics. That's why they call it the fastball special. Dwarf tossing. Right. In this movie, Wolverine is considerably taller than Colossus. I mean, uh, Hugh Jackman's like 6'7". Maybe is he really six, that six. big? He, he's a fucking tall man. I didn't know he was that big. Um, and I think the actor that plays Colossus, Daniel Crudmore, I think uh, is like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, something like that. So he's Wolverine is a bit taller than him. It just looks a bit different than what we get in the right. comic So books. instead of throwing him basically one-handed, he grabs him, swings him around, and then, <laughs> and then toss like, him. throws him like he's a discus. Right, exactly. It's the discus special <laughs> right. that we get. Um, and yeah, the, Wolverine goes off into the distance. We hear some commotion going on, and then we see like this object come towards the group. Slam right in front of them, and it's the head of a sentinel upside down right in front of them. But the way it lands, this is this fucking has always bugged the shit out of me. The way it lands, it lands with its back of the head towards them, and then it spins around in front with with its face in front of them. So we see the back of the head, and it spins around. We see the front of the face. But then Wolverine walks from behind it, and I'm like, where did he go? What? Like, we saw the back of his head. Presumably, he was supposed to be attached to it. That's why well, he walks my, up from behind it. My guess is he wasn't attached to it. He was walking back from where it was originally attached to the But it was supposed to be, body. like, a distance away. That's why he had the Colossus throw him. Yeah. 
it the the spatial awareness of the scene just doesn't make any fucking sense. Because yeah, we see the back of the head. He, Wolverine comes out from behind it, and he's like class dismissed. But there and he puts no- he puts his claws up in the air and says, "The Prestige." <laughs> right. Uh, it, yeah. So and then we start to see all the uh, environments start to like uh, break down and like digitize. Yeah, undigitize at this point. Um, and it just breaks out into like squares and uh, it phases out. And they, they are clearly in the infamous danger room from like the comic books and shit, which. In 2000, what was it, 2006, seeing that for the first time, I was fucking excited. Yep. That was fucking cool. We never got that in a X-Men, well, granted, we only had two other X-Men movies. And we were, at this point, I think we had the Spider-Man 2 movie. Uh, we had Daredevil at this point as well. So we only had a few, like, really interesting movies. Right. Um, so to see the danger room in this, and this was especially after the X, X-Men Legends games came out. Yeah, I think we were. I think X Men Legends Two was out at this point. I think so. Um, and they were huge games for us. Fuck you and yeah. I and all our friends would play them at nauseum. Um, and those so, in uh, <clears throat> what is it? Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we would play those at ridiculous hours, up all night, fucking playing those games. Um, but you had the danger room in there, and it was fun to play them. But seeing it in this movie, I was really excited. Now we get later on in the movie just a shit story, but. These first like few minutes of the movie, not bad. Not bad. Um, same thing with the next movie we'll be talking about, and I clocked it. It's the first seventeen minutes fifty three seconds of X Men Origins Wolverine are pristine minutes of that movie. The rest of it, the hour, the movie's like an hour and fifteen minutes. The rest of it is just shit. Well, we'll get to it when we get to yeah, it. We'll get, the, we'll the rest get of it is just shit. Anyway, the class dismisses. Uh, Storm is basically chastising Wolverine. It's like, you didn't listen. We needed to teach them how to be a team. This was... They didn't learn a thing. You just took over and uh, just won the ordeal for them. Like, they didn't learn a thing. And Wolverine's like, look, I'm not a teacher. I don't know what you want from me. Like, I, I, this isn't me. Scott was supposed to be here. You, The professor asked me to be here last minute. Where's Scott? And then I believe this is where we cut to Scott in his room, just uh, sulking at this point, just being yeah. a moody little shitbag. And we uh, technically we don't know how long it is after he loses Gene, because they don't say. But I'm assuming it's a little while that he doesn't have Gene. And I know he was the love of his life, but the Scott we get at the end of X two and the Scott we get in this movie are essentially the same. Yeah. Like there's no difference. Like we get a different, uh, we get a different Wolverine. We get a fucking different Storm to the point where she gets fucking annoying in this movie. Like the other two movies, she's perfectly fine. She says a few things from time to time, but I really enjoyed her in the first two movies. In the third one, this is after she won an Oscar and she demanded that fucking lines be written in for her to be talking more in this movie. And there's literally an exchange between Wolverine and Storm in this movie. Where he's about to go find Jean because they know at this point she's already left the mansion. She's going to go, and Wolverine's going to go look for Jean. And Storm's like, No, you can't leave. I need your help. You need to stay here. And Wolverine's like, No, I got to go. And then Storm just like, Yeah, you got to go because what? You love her? I'm like, Duh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Um, anyway, we're uh, in the room with Scott, and he's just basically, he's getting glimpses of. He, he he's hearing some sort of voice or something. And he's getting glimpses of Gene and like the water and shit. 
and it's basically like PTSD. We what you would perceive as him having PTSD of that event in Alkali Lake in the second movie, right? Well, so, he's also hearing like voices. So he starts, yeah, he starts packing up and just grabs all his shit and goes. And in the process of him leaving, he then comes across Logan, and Logan's like, "Look, uh, they really missed you back uh, for one of your classes." He's like, "So, what do you care?" This uh, is, this is- Basically saying, hey, this is the last time I fucking fill in for you. Yeah, yeah. And Scott's like, I didn't ask you to do it. No, the professor did. And I think Wolverine grabs him and is like, no, where are you going? I still have things to say to you. <laughs> Type, like, motion. Well, they... He's he's like, I'm, I'm leaving for a while. And Wolverine's like, hey, you know, I loved her too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, shut up! You don't know how I feel! <laughs> and then he fucks off. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I know it's not directly, I think this is where we get the Hank McCoy introduction scene. I believe. I believe you're right. Um, so yeah, from that scene, we then cut to Hank McCoy and it's Beast and he looks like he's upside down. The camera pans out and spins around as it does to right side up and it's him hanging from the ceiling. Hanging upside down in and his he's office just reading, reading a something. book. Um, and then uh, I guess his secretary comes in and he says, the president is ready to see you now. Um, he jumps from the ceiling onto his feet. And la- Fuck it, Kelsey Grammer. Just the way he speaks as Hank McCoy. Granted, it's very Frasier-esque, but it's also... I, I would say... But I don't know what to tell you about that salad. It's great. If you've ever watched Frasier, it's it's a, it's a great show. If you ever watched yeah, Frasier, watch again. it. <laughs> <laughs> But he does a similar thing with his beast that he does with uh, uh, the Frasier character. So I guess that's uh, not great, but it's also what you would expect with like the Hank McCoy character, like this calm, cool, yeah, the, intelligent man. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's the, both characters are written similarly, so yeah. it's not a surprise that they would be played similarly. similarly. Yeah. By the same man. And Kelsey Grammer, from what I read online, and I don't know how true this is, so take it a grain of salt. From uh, from what I read, Kelsey Grammer really pushed to get this role. He heard that they were casting the Beast. He really wanted this role. Um, and, and even to the point where they asked him to audition, and apparently he doesn't audition, I guess, or doesn't audition that often. And well, he doesn't really have to. Yeah, at, this, at that point he's in his Kelsey career. fucking Grammer. Right. But they asked him to audition. He did, and he did it. Without griping or anything like that. From what the story is said. Right. Could be... So the legend goes. Right. (laughs) Could be completely different. But he auditioned for the role and he got it, obviously. But I I really enjoyed that story that he sought after this. He even... We'll get to it when we get to the movie, but he's in Dangerous Future Past, but he has like two lines in that movie and it's just a walk-on role. Or no, it's just a line. Because Wolverine wakes up from Days of Future Past and everything's corrected and walk... Walking by his beast, and he Wolverine's like, "Hey, uh, McCoy, how you doing?" or something like that. And all McCoy says is "Morning, Logan," and walks the fuck by. And it's Kelsey Grammer in the suit and everything, and that's it. Like, uh, clearly, some of the story may have been embellished and shit like that, but he clearly likes the character, right? Um. Anyway, he puts the suit jacket on because he doesn't have a suit jacket upside down. He has his tie tucked into his shirt. He untucks the tie. And then we just see him walk down into a conference room, and it's just the Joint Chiefs of Staff type room. You've seen it similarly in, like, West Wing, only... Uh, a, a situation room, yeah. if you will. Um, and they are... And 
Hank is sitting next to the president, and they're talking about all the mutant affairs and shit like that. So Hank... And he's the secretary of mutant affairs. Right. Um, and he's part of the president's cabinet and all that. Yes. Um, and that's and he, I think in this conversation they mentioned that's why they brought Hank into the cabinet because they want someone to be some sort of like liaison between um, just humans and, and humans. Right. Uh, and they're talking about the situation, how Black Magneto is still at large, that they haven't been able to found, find him, but they did manage to find one of his associates. And the whole team turns around and looks at the screen right behind the other half of the table we should also mention that Bill Duke is in this movie. I don't think I mentioned it, but he's in this movie a little bit. Um, he plays the uh, 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 Trask in this movie. Yeah. So Bill Duke, he was in uh, the Predator movies that we talked, or the, the Predator movie that we talked about. And I think he was in another movie we talked about earlier, and I can't remember what. I think it was just maybe Predator. But Bill Duke is a great actor. You see several of the characters from, because Brett Ratner also directed Red Dragon, and so you see a lot yeah. like. Ken Leong, um, he plays Kid Omega, apparently is his fucking name, um, the porcupine guy. Um, he was in Red Dragon, same with Bill Duke. Um, so yeah, and they, they look at the video screen, and it's Mystique in chains and everything being interrogated at this point. And, and the, the guy that's interrogating her is also, he was in uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs, he played the the mental institution director, or whatever no. the fuck. Um, he he plays the same character in Red Dragon, but he's also in this movie as well. So the, he, that guy, I don't think they ever said the character's name, but that guy is interrogating Mystique, like, where's, he's basically asking her, where's Magneto? Where the fuck is Magneto? Uh, what the fuck is going on? You need to tell us, in order to help yourself, you need to help us, so tell us where he is. And she's not giving him anything, and then at one point she starts transforming into Magneto, and she's, as Magneto, he's I'm like, right here. Yes. Um, and then he says, uh, why don't you stop playing games? And then she transforms into the guy that she's interrogating, or that is interrogating her. And she's like, what, you don't like games or something like that? And then, yeah, uh, he like slams his fist down. And he's like, stop messing around or some shit like that. And then she he goes to like get up in, into yeah. her face. And then she just fucking shreks him. <laughs> yeah, she pops up, basically uses her head to pop him in the chin and shit. He goes stumbling backwards. She jumps over the table, grabs him with the chain around her hand, and starts choking the shit out of him right behind him. And she's just like, you homo sapiens, and just starts strangling the shit out of him as everybody starts rushing into the room to try to get her off of him. Um, the, the screen cuts to black. The entire team that's in that situation room returns back to the table and they start discussing like something needs to change like what the fuck is going on you need to find him before and i think i think that uh that beast says something along the lines of like if you don't find him he'll find you to get her back and they're like oh no it's not gonna happen because because we got like really really good really really good prisons now and then <laughs> They're always moving, so they'll never find them. Yeah, yeah. they mentioned that the, the they now have the mutants under like mobile prisons at this point. And they also uh, mention that there's a cure. I think here. I think so too, because then the president asked him to go find, go look at what Worthington Labs has come up with, and report back to me or some shit like that. Right. Um. We then cut to. The I think church. it's. Well, I think it's uh, we cut to scenes of Scott on his bike. 
Oh, yeah, with fucking danger music. Yeah. Like, he's just driving up the road, and there's, like, the really, really driving, like, and it's like, wait, this is, like, like, as somebody who listens to metal a lot and has no problem with aggro music, as most people would call it, um, if I were shooting a scene where it's literally just an overhead of someone riding a motorcycle uh-huh. on a road with no other cars, nothing chasing him, yeah. nothing going on. Like it's if, just him on a motorcycle. I was in that scenario and I was riding that motorcycle. I might be listening to metal or aggro music, <laughs> but if I was making a movie, I would hold on. We, we can't quote it. It's very angry music. You know that, right? You can't just be like, Fucking casually be like aggro music. It's very angry music. What they're talking about in those songs and shit, it's not being like, hey, let's be nice people. It's no, let's fucking kneel to Satan, motherfucker. That's angry music. Okay. <laughs> but that's not that's not every song. No, of course one of, not. One of Romstein's most popular songs uh-huh. is literally how to make a cheeseburger. Okay. <laughs> in German. And it just sounds but the angry. German, yeah, German language is Clearly an angry but, language. But it ju- it's just making a cheeseburger. That's it. Like, But, but Rammstein is not the only thing you listen to, right? No. There are plenty of bands that, like, I mean, as a joke, will just do like a, you know. Make sure to help your neighbor. <laughs> and, like, like, it doesn't always have to be. Hail Satan lyrics is what I'm saying. Not not everything I listen to is Hail Satan. And clean your room. Like, like it's it's all like it could all just be fucking ridiculous. It's just it sounds angry. So that's why I put it in quotations. Well, you're putting it in quotations like, no, oh, everybody fucking calls it aggro music. What well, sounds fucking angry? What are they supposed to call it? A fucking a pillow metal. talk? Just call it metal. <laughs> you could call it. Some people do call it pillow talk. I can fucking fall asleep to it. Oh my God. <laughs> and. By the way, uh-huh. science is back in saying that people who listen to metal are better adjusted than other people because they have a place that they can put their anger and frustration oh. and stuff whenever they listen to it. Where was that study done? I fuck if I know. Yeah, see, you got to give me more information than just saying science no, has no, proven. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Not in this day and age, Greg. I don't have to cite resources. What are you fucking talking about? I mean, there, I, it stand to reason that, yes, that could be the possibility, but I would need more than just you giving me a headline of saying science has said. Well, no, I read the article. I just can't remember where the study was done. I want to say it was like a Harvard University study or mm-hmm. you know, some one of the Ivy League schools did a did a study. And it's 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 not even necessarily about metal music, like just loud music, probably. But yeah, just just like the. It was it was on a, a website called Loudwire was where I read the article and oh, it's yeah. it ba- it uh, deals with you know metal music more often than not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but or you know harder rock to black thrash metal and mm-hmm. or black metal and thrash metal and speed metal and 
Baby metal. Psycho metal. And baby metal. Baby metal. <laughs> I know you don't like it, so I'm constantly going to bring it up. I'm fine with baby metal. <laughs> it's just not my favorite. <laughs> I'm going to start listening to so much baby metal. <laughs> Fucking do it. <laughs> just to annoy you. <laughs> what was the name of that baby metal band that you had me listen to a while back? Uh, it was a Korean women. Probably baby metal. Oh, is that what their name is? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was... I thought it was something else. I don't know why I thought it was something else, but yeah. Well, I made you listen to Lady Baby at one point. Maybe that's it. Which is like two Japanese girls and then a white dude with pigtails. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hilarious. Uh, there's also a, 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 I guess, singer called Poppy. I don't know if you know who that is. But she does a lot of uh, metal stuff as well. But it's uh, almost in the, like, the, the baby metal genre. Well, I'll fucking check her out. Where she has like, that sweet innocent voice and then it just goes into the guttural shit as well. I'm fine with I that. I think it's named Poppy. Or her name is Poppy. I can't remember exactly. But anyway. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that the aggro music that is playing, like the, yes, the, in this action, scene. the action sequence m- music that is playing does not fit this like idyllic drive up yeah. the highway because all he has is like, by a, pine trees. like a, a sad angry face going on that's it but there's no no reason for right. the music and what i'm saying is the music is way too intense mm-hmm. for just like a an afternoon drive shot yeah uh and we don't know what he's doing we just know he's angry and riding a motorcycle and i think i think it does continue on and we get the scene with him and gene um before we go to the church yeah I think you're right. Uh, he then stops at Alkali Lake, and he looks off into the distance. He rips off his sunglasses and just... He's like, fucking stop it! Because yeah, he's just hearing... He's just getting pummeled with just voice, voice after voice after voice. Oh, it's very similar to Gene's voice and shit. He just rips off his glasses, yells, stop. His quartz uh, beam goes into the ocean. We just... Or into the into lake. The lake. Um, we see a bunch of steam and stuff pop up out of it. And then a bright light... Or no, this like... Uh, like like fucking vortex, vortex whirlpool. whirlpool, yeah, just opens up in the lake, and then uh, like a bright light, or uh, the water comes rushing out, and then followed by like a bright light blinding Scott. He just sees a figure in the light. He doesn't know who it is, and then out walks Gene, and it's just Gene from the first movie or the second movie, and it's it, Scott's like, "How are you here?" And she's like, "I fucking don't know." He walks up to her, hugs her, kisses her. And then as they're making out and shit... She's like, open your eyes. I want to oh, see Oh, that's him. right. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I can't. I'll fuck him. Boomy boom. <laughs> she's like, no, I can control it. Yes. And he very slowly opens his eyes. And she manages to hold back the... The unibeam, quartz beam. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the fuck you want to call whatever it. Whatever beam attack. Yeah. And she's like... Or she, I don't even fucking think I don't they think say it, anything. Yeah, they, they just, just start making, making out, out super duper. Yeah. And for a second, strong. I thought they were gonna hold on the red quartz look and just have his eyes just a red like. Yeah, and look. I would would've that would have been, been fine cool. With that, but he no, fucking like, fades to green, right? Uh, and then they start making out, and then we see uh, something starting to happen to Scott, and then we see all like the veins and stuff, and he starts becoming like much, very much like what happened face. to Rogue's boyfriend in yes, the first one. Very similar to that. Only okay, so the Dark Phoenix character. We're gonna get into this right now. So the Dark Phoenix character has always been a character that is like po- the the most powerful being 
in all of the Marvel universe, especially in the comics and shit. And no, I, I haven't watched the Dark Phoenix movie, the one that recently came out. But from what I've heard, it doesn't really do any justice to like the Dark Phoenix character. But the one in the um, in this movie, it basically has her like sucking the life energy out of characters. So I guess that's what she does to get powered up. But in the comics, she basically takes out suns. She like absorbs all the energy from suns and some sort of cosmic force. Yeah, she basically sucks the life out of suns, from what I remember. Yeah, I think and because right. at one point she sucks the life out of a a, a planet or a, out of the sucks the life out of a sun in a solar system that is part of the Shi'ar Empire, and they get fucking pissed because all the life in that particular universe in that galaxy dies dies because it has no sun. They get pissed. They start going after Dark Phoenix, and there's a whole fucking arc and everything. It's really fucking interesting, right? And Dark Phoenix is not. Uh not an entity, or is 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 its own separate entity and not part of Jean Grey, right? In the comics, so like it's not it's not an untapped potential like it is in this movie, right? Right. It's not something that they have. Well, they do uh, hold it back later on in the comics, but initially, they don't know what the fuck it is. Well, right, but it's a separate entity that. Mm. Uh, much like the Shadow King does. Uh, I think we talked about the Shadow King last week a little bit. Yeah, yeah, when we were talking about uh, we Striker's son. Yeah. So, um, uh, much like the Shadow King is basically a parasite that infects people that are highly psychic mm-hmm. this is a, a very similar entity yeah. where it attaches itself to Jean Grey and Jean Grey does become the phoenix mm-hmm. but it's not part of her from birth like right. it is in it, this movie. yeah it's not she has this ability from the get go like in right. the beginning of this movie we see her have amazing telekinetic powers in the comic books not so much she if i remember correctly she was in space with the other x-men in order to save the other x-men she gets in the way of like this cosmic energy like Right, bursting it, through the universe, and she gets hit by it. That's how the phoenix entity ends up, enters. She her. ends up in a coma, and right. like chaos ensues. Right, from there. like what they do, kind of in this movie. Right, but no, um, but yeah, she ends up killing Scott. Pretty much is what we're saying. Because uh, right when she starts suck, sucking the life force out of Scott in the movie, uh, it then cuts to Xavier, and he's feeling the effects of what's going on, and he immediately tells Storm and Wolverine go to Alkali Lake now. Um, we then cut to them at Alkali Lake, and it's the lake is gone. It's eviscerated. There's no lake whatsoever, and there's a bunch of floating rocks and there's shit. There's fog everywhere. Fog everywhere as well. And, and so, Wolverine's like, oh, there's some fog. And no Scott whatsoever. But uh, after Storm's like, oh, well, I'll take care of it, and she fucking uses yeah, her she power gets to away, get, rid of, get the rid of the fog. fog. You can see everything. Uh, you see all these rocks floating. Logan walks over and sees Scott's sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Floating as well. Floating, grabs them. And then Storm yells for Logan. Logan comes over, looks and sees. And they see Jean Grey. Yep, knocked out. Yeah, unconscious. And and then it cuts to I think it's the church. The church. Uh, and it's just a bunch of mutants. Because I think a, a small little scene as well in between... Um, Storm and oh, Wolverine we, going to the lake. We also see like a news report of 
Worthington Labs announcing that they now have a cure. Right, and uh, we we did miss a scene with Storm with with one of the like fucking worst lines in this movie, mm-hmm. which is like Rogue goes down and talks to Professor Xavier, Storm, and Wolverine, who are all sitting in a room, and they're like, "She's like, is it true? Do the, is there a cure?" Mm-hmm. And Storm is like. Th- yeah, that's right. You don't need cured. There's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect just the way you are. Uh-uh. It's like, yeah, easy to say that when you control fucking storms and wind and shit. But whenever you literally can't touch another living person without fucking killing them, yeah. like, that's, that's an issue. That's not the same. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you can make it, you can make it, you know, rain. I can kill people <laughs> that I touch. <laughs> I can't hug people. I can't be physically intimate with everybody. I'm going to die a virgin unless I'm cured. Fuck that. I'm getting the cure. (laughs) Oh, and we should also mention that they, throughout the entire movie, that they mention this several fucking times, that the cure does not cure them. It just suppresses the mutant X gene. No, they say... No, they say suppresses the X gene several times because I right. want to bring that up because they, later on in the movie, at the very end no, of the no, movie. No, 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 but they say that it is a cure because it suppresses it. Yes, but suppressing does not mean get rid of. It just means holds it back. I'm only saying that because of what happens at the very end of this movie with Magneto. I, I know why you're bringing it up, so, but what, I, what I'm saying is that... Uh, suppressing is not getting away. It just holds it no, back. They they say, I think they... Whenever they're first talking about it, they say they say that it suppresses it indefinitely, like suppresses it forever, is what they're is what they're trying to say, or is what they're trying to get up. Well, forever cost. means that. that it, it, well, no, no, no. I know, but they're trying to market it as a cure, as, as a be all. Like if like if tomorrow the cure for AIDS came out and they're like, this is a cure, but what it really is. I mean, hell, even people now talk about AIDS is cured. Because they have this special cocktail, cocktail that, yeah. that people can take, but it, you still have AIDS. You're just able to live with it a lot better than, say, in the 80s whenever it first popped right. up. Um, but it, so I treat it like that. So it is technically a cure. You're able to live and be a functioning human throughout society and shit. Um, so treat it like that. Uh, anyway. Uh, then we go to the church. Then we go to the church, and they're all talking about this, the news of this cure and shit. Whether and we should take the cure, whether we should trust the government, whether everybody says no, we shouldn't trust them. And there's a few we people, uh, a few, a uh, few of the Mordocks already fucking sh- uh, sh- like sure that the government's going to turn on them and use the cure against them. But the main guy that's, uh, I guess, heading this meeting. Is basically like no, we need to organize. We need to go to our congressman. We're gonna write. We're gonna write him a strongly worded letter. Right, <laughs> and nobody's listening to him. No, not a fucking soul is listening to him. And then Magneto comes out of the crowd and uh, basically says, "Yeah, no one." The guy says he doesn't think anybody's talking about forcing it onto us. And Magneto's like, "No one ever talks about it being forced upon you. It's just." Until it is. Until it is, yeah, or something like that. Um, and then Magneto goes into this monologue about, like, look, they are going to fucking kill us all with this so-called cure. You can either join me and my brotherhood, or... And it, it's pretty much what he says later on in the movie, or just get out of my way. And then he walks off stage. Um, you see uh, Pyro with him, 
And I think that's it. Uh, a few of the Morlocks walk up behind him. He's like, I know. Callisto says to him, like, no one in here is above a level three. Well, except no, for you says, two. He said, or she's like, if you're so proud of being a mutant, where's your mark? Yeah, that's right. Because she's got, because like, they got face tattoos and stuff. Like, she's got the Omega symbol on her yeah. chest. And they're all tattooed with a mark that the labels symbol. them as... I guess that's why he's called Kid Omega, because he has one on his chin. Yeah, it's got to be. I guess, but he... Because Porcupine sounded a lot fucking worse. <laughs> like, it didn't test well with audiences. <laughs> right. Pokey Pokemon, I guess. <laughs> sticky sticky Stabby Boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Quills. No, no. Kid Omega. Ooh, that sounds kind of like spooky. Okay, what, we're going to go. What makes him Omega? We're going to put something on him with the Omega symbol. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I imagine it's the way that, uh, like, Eddie Azard explains um, how uh, Engelbert Humperdinck got his name. It's like, Engelbert slapped you back. No, <laughs> no, not that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, she... She asks him, "Where's your? If you're so proud to be a mutant, where's your mark?" And he basically tells her, "Like no ink will ever touch <laughs> like, my skin." He's like, "Fuck off!" I was marked once, and he pulls it up, and he shows his the uh, Auschwitz tattoo. The yeah, the Auschwitz tattoo. His and number tattoo. And on says his arm. that no other um, needle will ever pierce yeah. his skin. Right. And and then uh, then the, the, this is where she goes into the bit of like n- uh, all the mutants in well, here. Well, no, 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 not-, not yet. They she doesn't do that until after they've like decided to join him oh that's right because pyro is then like do you have any idea who you're talking to yeah and then and then and then fucking quilly boy yeah do you do you (laughs) (laughs) becomes puffer fish (laughs) now i have now i have pointy bits sticking out of my face i'm super scary i'm a menace at birthday party (laughs) i know it really doesn't look that scary but put me in a room full of balloons bitch like jubilee like the power means nothing it's just fucking useless even jubilee has there has i mean (laughs) i mean technically a a firework is basically a mini explosion explosive so she has more potential than I will, Pufferfish over all, here. All I'm saying is I will never not love the X-Men where he, where Professor X... To anybody who doesn't know, I would also highly recommend this because it's hilarious. Um, it's from the Pete Holmes show whenever he did his show. And it's called the X-Men yeah. EX-Men. Like EX-Men. Yes. And it's him as Charles Xavier firing all of the X-Men for various reasons. Like he fires Nightcrawler because whenever he bamfs the the smoke that he leaves behind stinks. Um, He fires Angel because he uh, he just has wings. Uh, He fires. Somebody for just like looking sad all the time, <laughs> something like that. And then he f- fires Jubilee, and she's like, "But I don't understand why." He's like, "Actually, you know what? Could you fire yourself? Because that would be the first thing that you ever did for the X Men." <laughs> she's just like, "Well, I don't understand." And he's like, "He's like, well, what do you do?" She's like, "I produce plasmoids," and he's like, y- "You make fireworks." <laughs> so, well, 
with my hands. <laughs> he's like, it's like you know, you've got Wolverine who's got fucking claws. <laughs> Iceman can freeze people. <laughs> like, maybe we'll call you if Mister Sinister robs a bank while he's tripping on MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like that's. That's so fucking good. <laughs> like, just, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes, maybe but- if we, maybe if we need to, uh, what is it? I'll call you next time. Skrillex is playing for all the hippie flipping rich kids <laughs> in Ibiza. <laughs> just, and then he goes into like a Skrillex like dubstep, like, or if you'd like to make a call. <laughs> Uh, I haven't watched those in a while Oh my god, they're hysterical (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so yeah Puffer Fish Boy uh, puffs out With his clothes and everything And then uh, I think this is where they decide to join up with him And they don't call themselves the Morlocks in the movie I should also point that out They are the Morlocks, if you know anything about the comics Like Callisto is a Morlock Only I don't think she has the ability to run fast in In the comics I think she can just Find people. Yeah. She's like portable Cerebro. Um, but she, she, this is where she mentions like most of the mutants well, in she, here. They ask what they can do. Yeah, Magneto does. And Callisto runs really fast and then comes back and he's like, oh, I might have a use for you. And then she says that. I like, can also sense uh, mutants and their abilities. And she says no most one, of the mutants in here are no, no higher than a level three, but you two are level five, four, four. I think it's four, because, yeah, then... Or no, three. They're level three. She said nobody in here except the two of you are above level three. Well, so I guess they're... Somewhere. Level three or above. Or four. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, they specifically mentioned that Jean Grey is a level five later on in the movie. Right. And she's the only one. Right. Um, The other woman, the uh, arc light, is also... I think she doesn't show what her abilities (laughs) are. She doesn't fucking say anything. Yeah. But yeah, she mentions... Or do anything except just walk awkwardly, like I said. And Magneto asks Callisto, he's like, so you can sense any mutant. Can you also find someone? And she asks, like, yeah, who are you looking for? And then we cut to... I think it's the convoy. No, I think the convoy's a little bit later. I think this is where... I think this is where Hank McCoy gets introduced to the boy. Yeah. So he's at Worthington Labs, which is on Alcatraz Island, outside of San Francisco. And he's being introduced... Uh, by the main, the lead scientist, and she's telling him all about the cure, what they're able to do, and he's seeing the processes of manufacturing the cure, of them being put into cartridges, uh, into needles. I don't think he actually sees the cartridges because he gets pissed later on that they've now weaponized the cure. Right. Um, so he's not seeing it being put into a cartridge. He's just seeing it being put into needles and syringes and vials and all that. And then he's then introduced to the boy. He starts walking up to the well, little they, boy. Asks, they also mention the boys uh, He asks as well. how it came about yeah. and stuff. And they say that it's a mutant whose name is Leech. Do they mention his name in the movie? I think so. So I thought they just called him by uh, like his regular, <laughs> what Magneto would be considered his slave name. I don't know. I, I, I know. I... Well, in the I mean, technically in the credits, in the credits, he's listed as Leech. Okay, so so maybe, um, I suppose they could call him the child or whatever, whatever his actual name is. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, he is introduced to the boy after they explain who he is and where they got the cure and everything. As he walks up, he puts his hand out to shake the boy's hand, but then he like enters like his, the surrounding area around the boy, 
and his hand starts changing back into his, his area of effect. Yeah, uh, and the boy and, and Hank McCoy starts changing. His hand starts changing into basically back into human a form. human hand, and he's amazed by this. He's he, it's he, a hand he hasn't yeah, seen he, in quite he a while. Novel. He like marvels at it for a minute. Yeah, and the boy's like, "Sorry," and he's like, "You have nothing to be sorry for. You have an amazing gift." Yes. Uh, he walks away. His hand changes back into a uh, regular beast hand. And the doctor's like, uh, fascinating, isn't it? And Hank McCoy's like, uh, very much so, or yes, it is, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we then cut to, I think this is where we get the convoy scene. No, no, no. no. This is Gene uh, Wolverine talking to Xavier about just everything that's been happening with Gene and why she's acting this way. And No, this is her in a coma. Yeah, she's in a oh, coma. Yeah, right. So and right. Xavier is telling Wolverine everything that's been going on with Gene. And I also want to point out that Xavier in this movie is a little shitbag. Yeah. Numerous times in this movie. Because in this scene right away, he's like, listen, Wolverine, I had to fucking do something I'm not particularly proud of, but I had to do it because I there was no other way around it. This Phoenix good. character, yeah, this greater good type argument, this Phoenix entity would destroy so much. And Wolverine's like, yeah, but you didn't give Gene a choice. You just did it. You you Gene was nowhere in the conversation. You just automatically did it. He says that Gene Gray exists as um the person, but her subconscious and her id mm. is this character that is dubbed itself the Phoenix. Dubbed itself the Phoenix that he had to build up psychic Barriers, prisons right? in her mind to trap it in. Mm-hmm. And Wolverine is not happy about this because obviously Gene wasn't in the conversation. And he m- says this stupid line. He's like, when you cage the beast, the beast gets angry. And I'm just like, all right, I get it. You're Wolverine. You were in a cage for so long. And now it's an, a similar story. <laughs> Fucking stupid. The writing in this movie is just we're bad. We're same, same. Yeah. Um, and Xavier, the, the button for the scene, Xavier says, I wouldn't expect an animal like you to understand. I was like, what the fuck, Xavier? You know the shit he's been through, and you're just going to throw it out there that he's a fucking animal and doesn't get what it, why he had to do these things? It's like, this is not the fucking Xavier I fucking enjoy. This Xavier is a fucking shitbag. Um, anyway, we then cut to... What is the next scene? Uh, I keep blanking on fucking you scenes. You get um, a scene with Rogue like packing up. And she talks to Logan. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She runs and she passes Logan. And Logan's like, hey, where are you going, kid? And she basically tells him. She, yeah, like, she's like, I'm going to go get the fucking cure. Yeah. And I can't be intimate with my boyfriend. Oh, And the only reason she's at this point is we see a small scene with um, Bobby and Kitty, Kitty Pride. And he's trying to console her. No, that's after. I think that's after Xavier. Yeah. Uh, oh, the the scene with Rogue is also after. Xavier, yeah, I think so as well. Because so, everybody's yeah, just this, rearing this from that, be losing the, him. The convoy scene. Yeah, I think so. Um. So yeah, all we get is like the convoy running or driving through the streets and shit. And it's like several SUVs with like a big like sixteen wheeler behind it with another set of SUVs right behind the uh, like, semi, like a prison convoy. Yeah. Uh. And then we just cut to Xavier. Or not Xavier, but a Magneto in the middle of a row just standing there while the no, no, no. convoy barrels we're, towards him. We're inside the convoy. That's right. Before we get to the Magneto. a little girl like yelling, crying, like, like, please let me yeah. out of here. I'm so scared. And, and we see uh, other cells next to her as well. And the guard walks up and is like, it's not going to fucking work. You're not getting out. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, you're you're stuck here. And then she turns into I think it's no, it's the president first. She oh, says, yeah, I'm the... the president. I demand to be out of here. It's not working. He he says it's not working. And then he she turns into a little girl, does the, what you just said, crying, saying, get me out of here. And he's like, uh, shut your mouth or I will spray you in the face with this bitch. And he has a can of mace in his hand and shit. And then she, as the little girl, he's like, whenever I get out of here, I'm going to kill you first. And then he just walks away. He doesn't mace yeah. her or anything. Uh, and then we cut to Magneto in the middle of the road. Yep. He's just standing there with his helmet in the crook of his arm. He raises up his hand, closes his hand. One of the cars just basically gets pancakes. lifted up in the air. Pancakes. He tosses it, does the same thing to the next one, throws it off to the side, then lifts up the trailer on the back of the semi and lets it drop to the ground while the other uh, SUVs come around the semi. And he just wipes his hand like he's wiping something off of a screen or something. And those cars go off the side of the road, just tumbling off to the side and shit. Um... He then walks to the back of the trailer. At this point, he's met up with Pyro and I think Callisto. Yeah. I think so. But they stay outside the trailer. Pyro goes in the trailer with Magneto as he pulls back the back of the trailer open. Um, they walk into the trailer. They walk up to Ma- uh, Mystique, who is taking care of the one guard that has been that knocked said, around. That said, or the that guard she that told. she said she was going to kill first. Right. Uh, she is out of the out of her cage at this point and they then grab a clipboard nearby where one of the other guards that's also in the trailer has been knocked out because of all the commotion from the trailer and ship um they look at the clipboard and they mention the first guy i can't remember his name but they basically is like this guy robbed seven banks at the same at the time same time um, they open up the uh, prison cage thing that he's in, and out walks several men, all the same men, and it's they call him Multiple Man. Um, and I think the shirt that he's wearing is very similar to the costume that he wears in the yeah, comics. Yeah, in the comics. With the orbs and the lines and everything. Yep. Um, they ask him if they want to join up. He's like, I'm game. Um, they then move on to the next cell, and they mention Marco Flint or something like that. I can't remember. Kane Marco. Kane Marco, whatever the fuck. And they're like, they call him the juggernaut, and they list off that, um, don't let the inmate gain momentum or some shit like that. Yeah, if he can't be stopped once he gains momentum. Right. Uh, then they open up the cell. Look, I'm a fan of Vinnie Jones. Like, I love a lot of the stuff he's done. But this fucking outfit, like, I'm all right with it looking the way it does, but just the way it looks on him, the actor, it looks cheap. Yeah. It, it look what well, it a looks like a fucking suit from head to toe. The only thing that is actually him is is and I know this for a fact that the only thing that's him is from like the neck up. The rest of it is just a muscle suit. Yeah. And it looks like a muscle suit. That's yeah. it. Uh it looks bad. I I don't like it. I I like the Juggernaut character. It, technically in the comics I think Juggernaut is the son of Magneto. No. I know he's the son of someone. I thought he major. Was, I thought he was the brother, or maybe the brother of, of Magneto or of Xavier. Of Xavier, I think so. I think you're right. Think. Maybe it's the brother, um, and that's why he has a similar helmet to Magneto because he knows that uh, Xavier has. Well, in, in the comics, it's also because that's where the Sidorak Ruby is. <laughs> right, because he's he's not actually a mutant in the comic books. Right. He's he gets his powers from the. Sidorak Ruby mm. and in here he just super strong apparently. Eventually, he becomes 
one with it through the comics and stuff. Mm. And he like absorbs the, like, I think he goes basically inside and kills Sidorak and takes all of his powers. Oh, okay. And, um, but in the, cause it, he, he turns into a fucking badass in the comics. Yes. Throughout the comics. And in the comics, he's this monster of a man. He's fucking massive. Almost like the Hulk massive. Um, but not quite as big as the Hulk, but he's fucking massive in the comics. And here, it's big muscular man. It just looks fucking. It looks like they put a bunch of balloons under him, under like the pants yeah. part, because you see his muscles and shit. Because he has no shirt on, and it just looks ridiculous. And I don't know. I we get a much better. I mean, I know it's all CG in the Deadpool two movie, but it's a much better version of Juggernaut in the Deadpool two movie. Even though it is all CG, which looks halfway decent. Um, anyway, so they mentioned that he calls him, or he says, I'm the juggernaut because they ask him who he is. Um, and they ask him if they want to join. He's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Just get me out of here. I have to pee. Um, they get him out. Magneto breaks all the. Yeah. He jumps out and they, he makes like a big thud like he's a big man and shit. Yeah, heavy. Um, a few seconds pass and then uh, off to the side we see a guard regain somewhat consciousness. He takes out the cartridge gun with the cure in it and aims it at Magneto. Mystique sees this, jumps in the way, yells no. A few of the darts come out and hit her right in the fucking neck. She drops to the ground and she starts writhing in pain. Magneto... Take something like wax the guard in the head or something, like knock him the fuck out. She's now changing back into her normal self with the black hair and just Rebecca remain naked on the floor and shit. And she uh, she whispers Magneto or Eric, I think she says. Yeah. And the group looks down at her and he basically is like, look, you're, you're not, not one, one of us, us anymore. And then walks away. I have no use for you. Right. And walks away. And we they cut to Pyro. It's like, oh shit, he's willing to he's willing to just cast any of us a fucking side. Like she was his number two. And yeah. I'm number three. I guess I'm now number two, but look what just happened to his former number two. He just fucking tossed her to the side. I got a promotion. Um So they exit the trailer and Magneto's like, it's such a shame. She was such a beauty. Um they exit the trailer. And then we cut to I think it's Wolverine looking over Jean's body. And it's very reminiscent of the scene we got in the first X movie where um, Jean is looking over uh, Wolverine's body. Um, and he's just trying to figure out what the fuck has happened to Scott because nobody knows what happened to Scott. Scott is still missing at this point. And no one knows what the hell is going on. He has Scott's glasses, but they need answers. And Jean is the only one that could probably uh, provide them with any sort of answers. Um, and then as he's like lamenting on what he should do next, Gene wakes up and they basically have this back and forth, like where Gene is like, I want you. And Wolverine's like, no, this isn't you. And then she convinces him. They start making out hot and heavy. Um, he tries to stop her. She basically telekinetically rips off his belt and it looks like they're going to fucking go to bone town. Um, and then he jumps off the gurney that they're on and he's like, no, this isn't you. Stop this. Um, Gene, where's Scott? He whips out the sunglasses from somewhere. Like, he's just standing there, reaches behind him, and there's the glasses in his hand. So, uh, reaches behind him and grabs them. His uh, back pocket. Yes. And he has them in front of her. He's like, what happened to Scott? Gene, tell me what happened to Scott. And then we just see... And Femke Jensen does some amazing acting here. Because we see her as... We see her as the Phoenix character being all this, like, snarly, almost, like... 
femme fatale type character. And then whenever we see her as Jean, she's all like, like worried, like shit, I'm going to fucking hurt someone. And she says as much, she's like, kill me before I hurt another person. Um, and Wolverine's like, what do you mean hurt another person? Jean, stay with me, Jean. And before, uh, G- this gene can say anything. We then see Femke Jensen's face change. Um, and, and it's back to the Phoenix. Phoenix, yes. And we see all the implements around them start to move and shit. We see the glasses that uh, Wolverine is holding just disintegrate in his hand. Um, and then Wolverine says something, and then we just hear Gene snarl something back at him and just throws him off to the side, knocking him the fuck out. She walks out of the room. The hell. The door is closed at this point, and before she even reaches the door, the door just explodes open. She walks through the opening that she just created and walks out the mansion at this point. Uh, I think the next scene is of uh, Angel getting the cure at this point, yeah. or uh, where they attempt to give him the cure. Um, the uh, original scientist walks up behind William Morrington the first, I guess, cause it, or the second... Because Angel's William Worthington III. Yeah. Um, so Angel's father, the main lead scientist for the cure, walks up behind him and the guy says, is uh, Secretary McCoy going to be an issue? And the scientist is like, I don't think so. I think he's on board. Um, and then in walks his son Angel and he's got like a like, heavy trench coat on. And we see like, uh, like, like little bits of the angel wings at his feet and shit. Pretty much, like, this is how he's lived his life, in seclusion with, like, something shrouding him, keeping the like, wings covered in some manner. He, he, we, he even takes off the coat, and we see, like, this harness keeping the wings tight on his body and shit. Um, they put him on the gurney. He's like, Father, I want to talk about this. Just let me talk about this. And his dad's like, no, we've already talked about this we enough. We talked about it. You, we decided that this is the right thing to do. He's like, no, I just give me a second. And as they're about to plunge a needle in, he then bursts out of everything, and we see the wings all spread out and everything. Which this is the only moment I find it interesting is uh, whenever he just becomes his own person and the wings sprawled out and everything. It's a very cool image. Um, but then he charges past his father and the scientists and everything, and then just leaps. Which is it's it's fucking absurd because a windows in a tower that size would not be just easily broken by just jumping right through them. Right. Because they're spent, meant to be high-pressured windows because a lot of wind and shit is bouncing into them and shit like that. So you can't just jump right through them. And then, so we get a point of view of him diving from the tower and then arcing up past the crowd that's in front of the building, the protesters in front of the building. Uh, and then we cut to, like, this medium shot of him sailing past the crowd. And clearly it's Ben Foster on a rig of some sort. With just the worst looking wings on his back and shit. It just looks horrible. Just Ben Foster or his stunt double just arcing in a particular way. Uh, and it looks clearly like there's no actual wings. Like nothing looks fucking correct in this image whatsoever. It just looks right. ridiculous. Um, I think we cut back to... I think it's, uh, it's uh, Xavier and Storm rolling up onto Wolverine and all the, uh, the shit that happened yeah. in the lab. And Wolverine, or and and this is another scene where I can't fucking stand Xavier because Wolverine immediately starts waking up after he hears Storm or Storm and Xavier walk into the room. He starts waking up a bit, and Xavier right away is like, "What did you do, Logan?" It's not like, "Oh dear God, what happened to Logan?" It's, "What did you do, Logan?" Once again, proving that Xavier in this movie is a little shitbag. 
Um, and Wolverine's like, look, I didn't do any fucking thing. She flipped out, tossed me off to the side and just stormed out. Where is she? And Xavier tries to look for her and she, he's like, she just left the mansion and a few seconds pass. And he's like, oh no, I know where she's going. We then cut to Magneto. There's also a scene. This is, I think maybe it's Calypso and Magneto where. I think that's, we cut to Magneto and he's like sitting around a table with, uh, Pyro and someone else. I think Juggernaut. And multiple man. Calypso comes down the stairs later on with Arclight. Um, but yeah, the gun slides around the t- uh, across the table as it enters uh, Magneto's hands. He's like, I was, I told you people that they would take the first shot. And so they have. And he's alluding to what just happened to Mystique and Ship. Um, and I think Pyro asks him, like, so what do we need to do next? And Magneto's like, we need to make a statement. And then this is where Callisto comes down. He's like, I just got a huge energy reading from a level five mutant. And right away, Magneto knows who the fuck is. He's like, I know who this is. And he's like, where is she? Just right away. Just no ifs, ands, or buts. He knows who the fuck it is. Um, We then cut to... Um, I think it's Jean's old home. No. There's a scene at the mansion where uh, Xavier tells Storm... Like, you know, you, you're you not oh, a student right. anymore. Like I haven't considered you a student in quite a while. You're my successor. If yeah. something were to happen to me, I'd want you to take over. Right. Which is a... Whatever. Like, I enjoy the fucking Storm character, and I've enjoyed Halle Berry up to this movie as this character, but holy fuck, this character in this movie is fucking annoying. Uh-huh. Because she just goes on to say, no, Professor, we can't lose you. And, and she says it so shittily. She's like, so what do you know that we don't know? Or some shit like that. She starts trying to grill the Professor and whatnot. So, and, and he's not telling her anything. We also get the scene with... Or no. No, not yet. What? I was going to say Wolverine and Rogue, but that's not yet. I think then they go to... We we get the scene with Storm and Logan, where Logan's going off to look for Jean, and she's like, "What? Oh yeah, you gotta go because you fucking love her." No, I think that's when he's going to the woods. To oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, I think the next scene is that is them at the house at the house. So yeah, they roll up to Jean's old house, and we we get shots of like her neighbor, and it's a very idyllic neighbor. I forgot to mention that a neighborhood. Cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac type neighborhood, yeah. Um, Storm and Wolverine roll up in their car, but right when they exit the car, they automatically see Magneto, and Xavier's with them as well. And they automatically see Magneto and his people, and Magneto's got, like, Arclight, Callisto, um, uh, 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 Pokeboy. Omega Kid. Yeah, but Pyro isn't with him. No. I don't know why. And Juggernaut as well. Kid Omega is with him. Um, And then they just have this, like... It's almost like uh, the 1917, like, Amistice uh, on Christmas Day. Where you see these two warring factions coming together and having a conversation. And they're not warring factions. They're just people trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Because Magneto and Xavier both are basically, like... and. Magneto's not beating around the bush at all. He's like, look, I'm here to bring her back with me to uh, harness, to help with my agenda. And Xavier's like, no, 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 she needs to come back with me because 
So I can put this it back power under she has is too powerful. And Magneto's like, this is where you're wrong, Charles, or some shit like that. He then tells Juggernaut, and I want to point this out. He then tells Juggernaut, make sure nobody gets into the house because then something happens here in a few minutes that bugs the shit out of me. That Sarah pointed out that didn't I didn't even realize until Sarah pointed it out to me the other day when we were watching this movie. Um, so the Charles and Xavier go into the house. While Wolverine, Charles and Magneto, because Charles and Xavier <laughs> are the exact same yes, person. Yes, Charles and Magneto go into the house while Wolverine, Storm, and all of Magneto's people stay outside the house. And they're basically like, one's in front of the house, the other one's like basically in the middle of the street. Right, Storm. Right across from Storm them. and Wolverine are... In the street. In the street, and the Morlocks and... Juggernaut. Juggernaut are standing in between them and the house. Right. Uh, so... They go into the house, and it's just Gene sitting in, like, the dining area, I guess, at this point. And they're just basically trying to tell her, like, look, you need to come back. And they're both arguing their case. Like, Magneto's like, you need to come with me. You can help me. I'm not trying to control you like Charles is. He wants to lock it away. I want you to harness your ability. And Charles is like, stop it, uh, Eric. This is not good for her. And we just see, like, the Gene character starting to get more and more angry and angry and angrier. She says as much. She's like, you're trying to control me, Xavier. He's like, no, I'm trying to help you. Uh, we then cut to something happens in the house where they hear some sort of like commotion. Wolverine decides that they've been in there too long. Yeah. And it, so he decides that he's going to go in and help. Is that what happens? Because mm-hmm. I thought he, he wants to. And then Storm's like, no, 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 the professor told us not to. Well, that's what and happens like happens. whenever they first go oh, in. No, what happens is so she he, he wants to go in because it's been taking too long. Storm stops him, and then uh, they're still having the conversation, Magneto and Xavier. But then Jean Grey pops up, floats in the air, pushes Xavier to one side of the room, and throws a Magneto into the kitchen and shit. And he lands like thuds in the uh, kitchen, and they hear it outside the house. That's right. And Wolverine's like, "Fuck it, I'm going in." He starts walking up to them. Pops his claws out, and then Juggernaut charges at him. Uh, Wolverine charges at Juggernaut. Uh, Juggernaut just basically flattens fucking Wolverine, knocks him to the ground and shit. And then Sarah pointed this out to me, takes Wolverine and throws him into the house. Yep. Where he wanted to go. <laughs> yep. And for some reason, I didn't, for all these years, I never noticed that until Sarah pointed out. It's like, oh shit, yeah, he did. Really? I <laughs> yeah. noticed it like the first time I watched it. <laughs> Like, we didn't do a very good job of keeping them out of the house. And then Storm uh, starts whipping up the air around them. And, like, basically, we see Arclight just basically, like, crack her knuckles. And we see uh, Pokey Boy get all pokey. And Callisto starts running up to uh, Storm. Or, no, she's in the house at this point because Storm has dispatched both Pokey Boy and Arclight real fucking quick because she's basically a tornado and just knocks them out of the way. Yep. Goes into the house, and then Callisto just basically starts zooming around her and shit, and starts basically handing Storm her beating ass. Beating the piss out of her. Um, while Kane, or while Juggernaut, Juggernaut, is beating the shit out of Wolverine. Wolverine, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then at one point, uh, things escalate with Xavier, and Magneto, and Jean, to the point where Jean is just basically lifting everything up into the air. Every single person, every single object is being lifted up in the air. Um, I think Juggernaut is tossed out of the house... Callisto basically books it immediately once things are fucking floating in the air. Yeah. Um, Storm is trying to get a handle on it. Shit. 
Wolverine is basically at the ceiling at this point, clawing his way, trying to get to Xavier because he knows something's fucking going on with Xavier. He just doesn't know what. Um, Magneto's floating in the air. He's basically like in the mid-air area of the kitchen and shit. Xavier is completely upright at this point, vertical, standing right across from Gene, and we see things start to slowly disintegrate around Gene, like this big, like, like, I guess, peripheral around Gene. So it just starts getting bigger and bigger as things start to disintegrate. Her area of effect. Right. It starts getting bigger and bigger as things disintegrate and shit. Uh, and then... Including the professor. Including the professor, which is what I was getting to. Uh, and then we see like start like bits of p- the professor start breaking apart and shit. And then time stops completely. And it's a very interesting scene to look at. Like everything's floating in the air. Gene looks fucking just like whack the fuck out. Just like eyes all red and shit and veins popping out of her face. She looks... Around her eyes are black right. like a... Um, uh, Mads Mikkelsen and fucking Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, very similar to that. Um, and Xavier slowly, and we at this point Wolverine is basically using his claws to basically crawl, crawl towards his way there. the room that they're in, and he opens up the door that's cutting them off, and he sees right before Xavier fucking just gets obliterated. He looks at Xavier. Xavier looks at Wolverine, and Xavier says something. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Says something. I can't remember exactly. And then... Well, we also get before he's completely obliterated, before time stops, there's a scene where Eric can... Magneto can see what's going on, and he's just like, what have I done? Because he says it twice in this movie. Does he? This is the first time. I'm pretty sure. Because I remember him screaming, Gene, no, whenever the professor is being slowly disintegrated before time stops. Maybe that's it. But yeah, he does say, what have I done after everything is fucking done and Gene is fucking hulking out again at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and time stops. He looks at Wolverine and says something. Like, it's something poignant to the the movie at large. Penis. Right, penis. Um, and then right at the last second, boom. <laughs> he says, at least I'm not Quill Boy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then it obliterates into this dust at this point. Um, the entire, everything in the house, including the house, just slam back to the ground and shit. Magneto gets to his feet, takes Jean by the arms, and just, just like, coaxes her. her out of the house just very gently and just trying not to start her up again. They get out of the house. Wolverine and Storm are apparently back out of the house at this point. Because they run back into the house to where Xavier was, and they just see his wheelchair, and Wolverine drops to his knees and starts crying right away. Um, Storm is trying to console him. She's also losing her shit. Uh, we then cut to this school. Um, I'm assuming a few days have passed because they're at a memorial service for the professor, and it's like a bust of his head with like uh, uh, Professor Charles Xavier and like. Uh, a byline for his uh, memorial flame. Yeah. Um, and they're all basically telling, or not all, but Storm is telling them all um, what the professor wanted for the school and what he was expecting for all mutants and how they should interact with humans or something right, like to, that. To honor his memory and yeah, yeah. do this type BS. Uh, no Wolverine at the memorial service because he walks up to the uh, Eternal Flame later on. Yeah, he's well, he's there, but he's like not part of it. He's right. like over by the trees and stuff. And you see 
Bobby Drake sitting next to Rogue and Kitty Pride. Yes. Kitty Pride starts crying and he consoles her. Yeah. Well, he has Rogue's hand and his other hand. He sees that Kitty Pride is also crying, so he grabs Kitty's hand as well. So he basically, it's just the personification of this fucking love triangle in full force right here yeah. at this funeral scene. Um, we then cut to, oh, it's later in the day, and this is where we get the scene with Bobby and Kitty. And Kitty is just crying in her bed at this point. Very melodramatic type crying, like crying into her pillow. Yeah. Like crybaby cry. I, I don't know if you know what crybaby is. Yeah. Movie with Johnny Depp. There's yeah. literally a scene in that movie where the girl's crying on her bed and just taking the tears that come from her face and scraping them into a jar. And then she drinks the tears. That movie's fucking weird, Ryan. Yeah. Um, anyway, but it's very reminiscent of that. Uh, <laughs> Minus the tear drinking. Right. Uh, Bobby comes in and says to uh, Kitty, like, look, how about you get out of bed and I'm going to do something for you. And she's like, what could you possibly do? And he's like, let's go. Let's go outside. Well, no. She's, she's like, I guess I'm just homesick. Like, I miss the snow. This is something That's that right. bothered me in this movie because, like, bitch, you're in upstate New York. Like, it snows there. Yes. <laughs> Not you right now. You can't miss the snow. <laughs> when it's six months out of the year. If it's, you know, <laughs> probably fall at this point. Uh, yeah. Like, wait a couple of days. Yeah, there's probably going to be some snow. Like, it's... But whatever. She's like, you know, I used to go ice skating and stuff. That's right. And yeah. he's like, oh, grab your skates. Let's go. She grabs him not knowing what the hell he means by this. And she tells him, like, look, we can't. We'll get in trouble if we go outside. She's like, and Bobby's like, look, you can walk through, literally walk through walls. So nobody's going to see us. Um, they end up outside. Bobby then takes his hand, places it on the, the pond nearby, the, like the fountain. It's not even a yeah, pond. Yeah, the fountain. It's a fountain. Because at this point, he's destroying property. Because the moment he froze that fucking pond, the pump in it broke. Yeah, the fountain is fucked. <laughs> the, the fountain is not working anymore. He broke it at this point. Um, but he freezes everything, and it's just a big old fucking ice rink at this point. And uh, he puts a bunch of ice blades on his feet Yep. Um, while she puts her on her skates, and they just have a good time skating around this broken fountain. And Rogue can see them skating. Yeah, we, they, they pan up to a window nearby, and it's Rogue at the window. I'm just like, <sighs> And then we get the scene later on um, where uh, Rogue is packing up. And she's leaving, and she comes across Logan, and Logan's like, "Where are you going?" And she's like, "I need a cure. I need to take the cure because I haven't been intimate with anybody, and I would like to, you know, kiss my boyfriend, and not nearly kill him." And Logan's like, "Look, I, you do what you need to do, but just make sure you're not doing it for some boy." And we see her. Yeah, shouldn't you tell me not to take yeah. it? <laughs> He's like, "I'm not your dad. I'm your friend. I'm your friend." <laughs> yes. Um, and then she considers this and then walks out and then, uh, the very next scene is her walk or no is storm walking up to Wolverine as he's also leaving. Yeah. Yeah. He's packing up cause he's like, I gotta go find Jean. Um, and then we, this is where we get the obnoxious scene of like, why, why can't you just stay here and help me? And, uh, it's because you love Jean. Yeah. No shit. That's the whole point of this lover's quarrel that him and Scott have been in with her, but whatever. Apparently they needed storm to point it out. Um, he. I mean, there are some people in the world that are particularly dense. Yes, if, if but this movie's what two years after the other movie. I think the other movie yeah. came out like two thousand three, two thousand four. 
So it's not like this movie had a long gap in between. Well, no, I'm not saying because of a gap. I'm just saying people are fucking idiots. Also, Wolverine earlier in the movie said, I loved her as well. Wolverine. <laughs> well, yeah. To, to Wolverine to Scott said, I loved, I her, loved her as too. well. So we didn't need Storm basically being like, why? Because you love her? Yeah, he already fucking said it. Yep. Those are the <laughs> mouth words that he fucking used. <laughs> right. Uh... He then finishes up packing, takes a motorcycle, and bails the fuck out. Uh, trying to think of what the next scene is. I think it's just him in the woods, like, sniffing around the woods and shit. Yeah. Oh, no, no the next scene is before he gets to the woods, we then see uh, Magneto um, behind Jean. He walks up to her. He's like, I can... He has one of the cure guns in his hand. The, uh, the first one that he had that took out Mystique. And he's like, I uh, can manipulate the metal in this gun. You can do all sorts do of things. Do so with much it. more with it. Uh, he floats it in front of her. She then takes it with her telekinetic powers and just... It's one of those like exploded view type things of the gun. And just all the parts are coming apart and shit. And she tosses that to the side. And then she has like four needles floating in front of her. And then she takes it and floats it in front of Magneto. And he loses his shit right away. He's like, no, Gene, what are you doing? This is enough. 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 And then he yells, Gene. Needles drop to the ground. He's like, and Gene turns around to, to to Magneto and says, Charles wanted to trap me. What do you want? And he's like, I want you to be your full potential. I want you to do what you were destined to do. Uh, we then cut to, think before Wolverine gets there, we get the scene with the fake camp. Or no, no, no. This is the scene where Hank McCoy looks at the, um, uh, is having a conversation with the president. And he's basically pissed off at the president about the the cure being weaponized. Oh, yeah. And he's like, look, I'm giving you my resignation. This is fucking bullshit. You want me in these discussions, but I wasn't in the discussion whenever you fucking decided to make it a weapon. And he's like, I'm out. And the, prof- or the, the president's like, look, I need you here. I need you to help me figure out this mutant issue. I, 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 that's why you're here. That's why I have you on my team. And, and uh, Hank McCoy's like, look... I don't know if you understand the slippery slope that you're on right now, but if you continue down this path, it's not going to be a good thing. And the president is like, I know what I'm doing. And then Hank McCoy walks away. Uh, we then cut I certainly to- hope you do, Mr. President. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we then cut to, I think now it's the, no, I think it's later in the day, the president's walking into the situation room and they're telling him, I think we found the camp, uh, sir. And they, they get like a top, view of it and they just see like a bunch of like uh en- or like uh heat signatures in a, a wooded area mm-hmm. and they they think it's them and then they point to uh, uh mystique gave them up or some shit like that and yeah. it's just her as her normal self just Hell giving them a bunch no of- fury like a woman scorned right uh and then we just see series of like teams getting up around the the entire encampment and shit and we think it's the whole team magneto and everybody's going to be taken out at this point we then cut to one of the helmet cams of one of the uh, military men that's in the uh, group, one of the groups. Well, they all descend on the camp and everything, and then they cut to the camera on the helmet, and bam, it's just multiple men. And it's multiple of multiple men. It's the multiple, entire, multiple men. Right. And all of them start, like, we see on the top view of, like, all the heat signatures, they all just start blipping out and shit and just sucking into, into one. one. And it's multiple men. And he basically, like, turns around and is like, what? And then uh, we don't see what happens to him, but uh, presumably he gets taken out as well. Uh, and the team radios back. is like, it's just, it's a decoy. It's just one man. 
because they all start freaking out. Everybody starts freaking out the moment that all the energy signatures, all the heat signatures start going out and shit. They're like, what just happened? What the fuck is going on? And then they find out that it was multiple. I think that's later. I think that... I thought this was... I think we get Wolverine first, because I'm pretty sure the way that that scene ends is like, well, where are they then? Yeah. And then they're on the bridge. Is that it? I thought it was, where are they then? And then it cuts to Wolverine in the woods. Maybe. And he's sniffing and shit. Whatever. It doesn't matter because the story is not the great, that great anyway. This sequence is somewhat interesting. Um, we have Wolverine in the middle of the woods um, just doing his Wolverine thing, sniffing, finding out where everything is, and then out of nowhere, a fucking like, barb comes sailing past him and in, embeds into the tree. He looks where it came from, and it's just this like, big hulking guy. He has like these bone tubers coming out of his fucking wrists and shit. He breaks them off. Starts throwing him at Wolverine. And then we just have a sequence of Wolverine just dodging him, cutting him with his blades. Uh, he does the cross blades a few times to get it out of his face and shit. He gets hit with one in the shoulder. Oh, that's right. And he... Like, I think it's the first one. It doesn't bed in, into the tree. I think the first one embeds into him. He pulls it out, looks to where it came from, and yeah, it's the... And then... I want to say he gets hit with another one a little bit later. And then he takes it out and throws it back. Yeah, I think so. And like gets him in the leg, and yeah, yeah, and they both start hawking out. They bo- Wolverine does the berserker type thing, charges at him with the blades out and everything. The guy breaks off two more and just starts charging at him. They both Wolverine above his head, the guy with the tubers below his he- uh, below his body, just charges at him in a weird way with like his arms out like in front of him like this. Um, and they both collide, stab him in the tummy. Yeah, uh, they both collide. Wolverine stabs the guy in the chest, which I. Theoretically, so Wolverine's abilities is that he has bone claws that come out of him and he has regenerative abilities to heal from those bone claws coming out of his skin and shit. This guy should have it as well. He has like bone cartilage things coming out of his skin. He should have some sort of like health regeneration or he would just be bleeding out constantly as he throws these little spikes. Yeah. I mean, technically, so him stabbing the guy in the chest would have done nothing. But Wolverine stabs him in the chest as he get, Wolverine gets stabbed in the gut by the guy's, like, spike things. Um, Wolverine gets up, takes him out. We see the wounds heal, but the other guy just stays on the ground, presumably dead. dead. Um, we then cut to Magneto uh, riling up his group and everything, just uh, telling him we need to take the fight to them type shit. We, they have their weapons. We have ours. He looks to Gene, who's just standing off the side, like blankly looking at everybody like this is beneath me, but here I am type shit. Um, Wolverine then, uh, takes like a a nearby hoodie jacket and joins the crowd, basically snakes his way through the crowd and shit and ends up making eye contact with Gene. She walks away from the group. Wolverine then follows her, and he takes off his jacket and shit. Walks, it begins to walk up to Gene, and then out of nowhere he just stops, and then in walks fucking Magneto. He's like, "You don't think I can't smell that metal from a mile away?" And uh, lifts up Magneto, or lifts up Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine says something. He he basically says. Uh, I'm not leaving the woods without her or something like that. And Magneto's like, yes, you oh, are. Oh, you most certainly are. And he just pushes him out of the woods all the way. He, we see uh, Wolverine just smack into all trees and shit and then a, just hits a big tree and just falls down the entire fucking length of the tree and hits the ground with like a loud thud. And he's just broken at this point, but he will survive. Um, 
Oh, no, he he will survive. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What the, There's a small connecting scene before we get to Wolverine back at the mansion. I'm trying to think. I think it's uh, uh, Bobby trying to find out where Rogue is. Yeah. Um, nobody knows except for Colossus. Colossus is like, yeah, she left like an hour ago. And Bobby's like, where the fuck she... Uh, and then he's like, put two and two together. The cure is readily available for people who want it. And uh, he goes to one of the the closest cure center and he's looking for Rogue and he can't find her anywhere. Like, nothing's... Instead, he, he finds, finds his old uh, friend. Um, Pyro's basically like, oh, what? You're looking for the cure so you can go back to your mommy and daddy? And... No, and Iceman's like, no, I'm looking for someone. And Pyro immediately is like, oh, you're looking for your girlfriend. Um, they have a back and forth, and basically they like put up their dukes to one another. Their version of it, where like Iceman's fingers and hands get all icy and shit, while Pyro brings out his flame. Fires. Um, and then Iceman walks away, and he's like, oh, that's always you, Bobby. Maybe next time you should stay in school or some shit like that. And then just whips a fucking fireball at the... Uh, cure center that everybody's firebombing at. the clinic. Yeah, uh, and then we cut to a news feed of Magneto making a fucking proclamation of like, "Look, you Homo sapiens need to fucking get the fuck out of our way. You want? We now know that they have weaponized the cure and they're looking to uh, kill all us mutants. Um, and to my fellow mutants, you can either help us or get out of the way. Blah blah. blah. Um, join us or die with the humans. Right. Uh, then uh, Wolverine comes in, yells for a storm, and Wolverine's like, I know where they're going. I need your help. Can you help me? And Storm says something like, oh, now you want my help or some shit like that. We should also say that Beast is there as well at yeah. this point. Yeah. And, and then, then they have Angel, a small con- conversation back and forth. Angel shows up. And they're also contemplating about shutting shutting down the school, school down. down. Yes. And Angel shows up and is like, I heard this was a safe place for mutants. Like, is it... And Hank says it was at one point. And... A few seconds pass and we see fucking Storm. It still is! <laughs> fucking hell. We'll find your room. Uh, yes. Uh, and then we cut to... I think it's... Uh, it's a similar scene of, um... Like, whenever they were, uh, attacking the camp. Of who? Of with multiple man. Where they're in the situation room and they're like, um, where are they? Or some it's something similar to what you said earlier of the president demanding that we find them. Where oh. are they? Like they found the remnants of the camp. Uh, Maybe where they formerly were, and the president's like, So where are they? And then we cut to Magneto and his group. Well, we cut to a family in a car, uh, enjoying oh, on uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. On the Golden Gate Bridge, enjoying a drive and shit. Uh, and then out of nowhere, all these cars start stopping on the bridge and shit. Which would happen if, you know, somebody that could control metal was making them all stop. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, we, we hear, like, the... Magneto and his big-ass fucking group of people just, <laughs> like, walk onto the bridge. Yeah, and... And, the, and look all menacing. And then the bridge starts rumbling and shit. We're not sure why just yet. Um, and then they stop in, like, the middle of the bridge... And we just see Magneto look at Alcatraz Lake and or Alcatraz Island, Island not Lake. And then he, we just see him raise his arms and then shit starts breaking apart with the Golden Gate Bridge. And we just see, uh, I guess, humans at this point get out of their cars and shit and just start screaming. 
so yeah, Magneto is raising the bridge up into the air and shit with all the mutants on it and stuff, which I don't understand the logistics of it. Because why not just... I don't know, it just seemed like... Take the ferry? Yeah, if you're going to commandeer something, why not take a big-ass fucking ferry? Or a big-ass boat or something? Why take the bridge? It just seems fucking ridiculous. <laughs> because he can. <laughs> I guess. Uh, but Look, what's, more, what's more menacing? Seeing a ship coming across the water or seeing a giant fuck-off bridge floating in the air and you go, that's not supposed to be happening. Why not just have the boat float in the air? That would be just as menacing. <laughs> it just it, I I only assume they made it this way because they wanted this dopey ass line in it. And it's Magneto as he's floating the fucking bridge in the air. He says to himself, You always wanted to build bridges, Charles. And then lands the bridge in front of the fucking uh Alcatraz Island. That's the only reason I could see why they wanted this stupid bridge thing. Because they wanted to make that dumbass joke. That has to be it. Uh, anyway, so we yeah, are now... Yeah, probably. Uh, Wolverine is basically explaining to everybody, like, look, I know where they're going. They're going to Alcatraz Lake, or Alcatraz Island, because they want to kill the kid that... Uh, they want to take out Worthington Labs at this point. Kill the kid, destroy the labs, destroy the cure, everything. Um, we need to go there and... Help. Help. Protect. I, I think he tells them to suit up or some shit like that. Tells like the kids are the, the kids that were in the situation room or the danger room earlier. He tells them to suit up. Um, we then cut to like army men. We get the uh, what is his name from Full Metal Jacket, the uh, drill sergeant. Army f- Hammer. No, that's the. Uh, the he played fucking Lone Ranger. Uh, I think it's oh. E. Emery something or other. But anyway, we get his voice. Uh, telling, and we just get his voice. We don't see him. We just see a bunch of soldiers cha- uh, exchanging their metal weapons for plastic weapons with uh, cure cartridges and everything. And it's just a series of like quick shots and all that. Just all these military men exchanging all their weapons for plastic weapons. That way they can't be manipulated anyway. I, were you looking them up? I'm trying to. Oh. Anyway, yeah, that guy from Full whatever Metal Jacket. Um, yeah, uh, and he, he's doing the very drill sergeant thing, telling them to exchange their weapons for plastic no weapons, metal at all. Uh, cure cartridges, the whole nine yards. Uh, we then cut to back in Xavier's mansion, and this is before Magneto charges or has his people charge the island and everything. Uh, we then, they're back in Xavier's mansion uh, in the X- X-Men area of the mansion and shit, and we see Wolverine next to Beast, and Beast is in a... Outfit very reminiscent of a beast uh, costume. costume from the comic books. It's very blue and yellow and shit. And he's like, I haven't worn this in years. I'm surprised it still fits, kind of, even though the jacket doesn't look like it fits at all. Um, Wolverine and Beast walk up to the rest of the group. And Storm, Beast, and Wolverine start to go towards the X-Jet, but then stop because Bobby's like, Logan, there's only six of us. And Wolverine turns to them and he's like, yeah, there is. And then says something encouraging. I can't. I was going to start saying it. I was like, I don't know what he fucking says. He basically tells them, like, look, there's only six of us, but we are the, the last stand for mutant kind or some shit like that. We're the, Before we're, they fear mutants outright. Right. We're, like, I'm willing to die for what Professor X believed in. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then they get on the X-Jet. And then uh, cut to Magneto basically walk with his entire group, with the Brotherhood and the Morlocks and everything, walking up to the edge of the bridge that's now on uh, Alcatraz Island. And as they do, all these army men come storming out and shit. And what? And shit. <laughs> that's the first time I've fucking said it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the first time that I remembered to say something about it. It hasn't been very often. I don't remember ever saying you, it. You've said it a whatever. few times. Um, and as they uh, get to the edge of the uh, bridge, all these army men and stuff come out, and they all have their weapons, their plastic weapons. They even have, like, this uh, mortar-like weaponry as well, where, like, they throw a bomb and it poof, pops back out or some shit, and all these needles and stuff come out and uh, explode in front of them. Um, and it looks like Pyro and his main, I guess, generals are going to charge at him, and he tells them to stop. And he's like, no, um, we send the pawns out first. And he tells Pyro to tell the men to start charging. And all the, I guess, serfs start the charging Morlocks. behind them, <laughs> past them and shit, and uh, they start taking out a few guards. And then we just see them... Uh, we see Magneto trying to take control of the guns and stuff. He's like, you homo sapiens. And you see him trying to and take control. Guns. And nothing happens. And he's like, oh, they're made of plastic. Shit. And then we just see like a mutants being taken out with the, uh, the cartridges, the cure cartridges and shit. Um, and what? I caught it that time. Uh, and then uh, he looks at Arclight. Or no. One of the little bomb needle things come up into the air and start shooting off a bomb, bunch of uh, needles and shit. Towards them. <laughs> I got that one as well. Uh, towards them, Magneto raises a bunch of cars in front of them, a bunch of like fragments of metal, blocking all the needles, drops them, and he tells Arclight, this is the only time we get any interaction from Arclight whatsoever. It's like, Arclight, use your, use your superpower something or other. <laughs> <laughs> do do a thing. <laughs> she takes off her gloves, like warms up her hands, and then just smacks them together. And like this, like uh, ripple effect happens from her hands to all the like plastic guns and shit, uh, plastic guns. Um, and they all start just disintegrating, breaking apart, the being destroyed at this point because of arc light. And that's all she pretty much does yep. in this movie. Well, uh, she she claps twice. Oh, that's right. She does it twice. Clap your hands, everybody. <laughs> and and everybody, clap your hands. <laughs> right. And then that's it. And I'm done. And pay me my money. And I'm going to go home. Right. Uh, we then, uh, I think uh, Magneto tells uh, the Pokey Boy, Callisto, and someone else to go get the boy. No, he tells Juggernaut to go get the boy. Oh, that's right. This is before. Or they, he tells them to go get the scientists. Because they go in and grab the Worthington. Yeah. Maybe that's what they tell them to go in and do. But anyway, as they're about to continue their attack on the facility, in comes the X-Jet, lands on the roof, and then we get this like interesting scene for each of the characters. So we have... Um, uh, who jumps off? I think it's just Iceman and Kitty Pride jumping off the building, only they go down through the ground and shit because... Um, she has her ability on him, so they just sink into the ground yeah. and then pop back up. And uh, Bobby's like, let's never do that again. And they walk into the line that is now forming. We have Wolverine like using his claws to go down in the corner of a building, go down the yeah. building. Uh, Colossus comes off the building, just slams into the ground, all metal. 
Uh, we then have Beast, like, do this, like, weird, like, leg thing as he jumps off the uh, roof of the building onto the ground. It's very X-Men-esque because he has this, like, one leg jutted out with the other leg, uh, like, crunched up in or scrunched up into his body. And Yeah. Uh, then we have Storm come down and very menacing arc. Lightning. Sure, flo- I'm, I'm at this point. I'm just like down. fuck off, Storm. I don't care about you at this point. Uh, we then uh, and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, right before Wolverine gets everybody in his line, no matter what happens, hold this line. And then uh, more of the Morlocks and the Brotherhood of Mutants charge at them, and they all are taking all the uh, X Men are, are handling like multiple bad guys at the same time. Uh, and, and even at one point during the fight. Uh, Wolverine tells, um, uh, Beast, like, you call this diplomatic, uh, something or other. Because they have, like, an exchange earlier. Yeah, like, diplomatic relations or something like that. Yeah, and Beast is like, Winston Churchill said one time that every man has got to, uh, and then he tries to say it again after he deals with one guy that charged at him. Every man has got to... And he deals with that guy. He's like, oh, you get it already. And then just snarls and starts attacking motherfuckers again. Uh, and then he Magneto then tells Juggernaut, go get the boy. And then we just see big ass Vinnie Jones just hop down and uh, just charge towards the building. Um, Kitty Pride sees this and starts going after him. Wolverine tells uh, Kitty Pride, don't let them They're get after the boy. The kid. Uh, Kitty goes running through the building, and then we have this back and forth of Kitty just trailing behind Juggernaut. And then she finally catches up to um, Juggernaut and just pulls him down into the ground. And this, the only reason I find this line somewhat entertaining is that people are constantly using the, the gaming. Yeah, the meme. Um, she, Don't you know who I am? After she pulls him down to the ground, she uh, looks at him. Says something, and he's like, don't you know who I am? I'm the juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut, bitch! Get ready to fuck. (laughs) He doesn't say that part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she takes off by the time he finishes, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Uh, It breaks out of the ground and just starts charging after her again. Um, She's nearly caught up to the boy. Uh, She gets into the room with the boy. She tells him, like, I'm here to rescue you. We need to get going. And as she's about to phase through the wall again, she stops because nothing's happening she's not phasing he's not phasing nothing's going on and she's like what what's going on and the boy's like you your won't powers be able to won't use work. your powers when i'm around close by uh and then she hears all the noise from the juggernaut as he bursts through walls and shit as he bursts through walls i didn't say it um <laughs> uh and then he bursts through the final wall stands in front of them he basically says what's up and Oh, she says, not much, dickhead. And uh, she tells uh, the kid to stay right there. Well, to hold on to her. Yeah, and listen to her or some shit like that. And then Juggernaut charges up again and just runs at him. They dive out of the way. And because he's technically a mutant in this movie, he just clunks right in the wall, concussing himself and passing the fuck out. Well, one thing that I have an issue with in this portion of the movie... Mm -hmm. Uh, so they said that as long as he had momentum, he could not be stopped. Right. And what does Kitty Pride do while he's running? Stop him. Stops him. him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're not playing by your own rules there, movie. <laughs> right. Like, 
<laughs> You're the one that said it. It wasn't me. Right. Uh, we then cut to, uh, I think it's this is where Callisto, uh, Pokeboy, and Arclight, and I think someone else, because like, the other person like morphs out of the wall or some shit. Um, yeah. They walk up to the main scientist in Worthington, the father of Angel, and they're basically, they're like, you're the guy that came up with the cure. and Which I'm like, why not lie to them? Why not be like, no, I'm a simple fucking worker here. I nothing to see here. I don't know. He went that way. <laughs> he left a helicopter. <laughs> you just missed him. Uh, but instead, he's like, yeah, that's me. They take him. And this lead scientist lady is like, no, don't take him. And Pokeboy, and this is the only reason to have Pokeboy, apparently. He grabs her, hugs her, and he's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And when it seems like she calms down, he pops pops <laughs> out his spikes and kills her, apparently. <sighs> Whatever. At this point, I'm just like, fucking just let's finish this movie. Yep. Um, we cut to back outside. More chaos is happening. Um, Magneto tells Pyro, because Pyro is about to go enter into the fight, and he's like, not yet. Uh, and then I think... He raises up like a bunch of like metal, a bunch uh, of cars, and just throws starts- it at him right at the same point that uh, Pyro lights him on fire. So he's just fire- throwing chunks of metal at all the X Men on fire, um, and Bobby quickly dispatches all of that. Uh, and Magneto tells Pyro, "Okay, now you can go deal with your friend." No, Wolverine's the one that he talks to Bobby, and he's like, "You think you can handle your old friend?" He says, "Yeah." Sorry, I'd, I stretched, and I was like, "Oh no, I need to yawn as well." Stretching yawn, uh, and then, then we have this like inner because the the in the comic books, Pyro and Bobby aren't really like emis- like enemies. Nemesis, nemesis, nemesi. Yeah, uh, they're not really enemies in the comic books. I mean, I think Pyro is like this like sniveling little shit that likes fire or some shit like that. Bobby has other enemies. Um, but, but they're fire and ice. They're direct yes. opposites. That's what I was getting at. But for some reason, they decided to make them things in this movie because one's fire, one's ice. They 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 do the thing that you see in like I, it's something similar to Iron Man Two, where um, he basically tells um, War Machine to put his hand up. Because they're gonna do that big like explosion thing in the center as both their beams hit each other. It's a similar thing that happens in this movie where one is firing ice, the other one's firing fire, and both beams collide into one another, and we see this back and forth between the two, and it looks like Bobby's gonna win. Voldemort and, Pyro. and Harry Potter. Yes, very similar to that. Uh, it looks like Pyro's got the upper hand, and then Bobby goes like full ice man, turns to nothing but ice. Well, no, uh, Pyro gets the upper hand and is like. Just straight up, like, full-on fire right in front of Bobby's face. And then Bobby goes full And Bobby goes full Iceman. And uh, just quickly knocks him the fuck out with a solid ice head. Um, And then, because right as he's fired, because as Pyro is firing, lighting Bobby on fire, um, Bobby's like, you should have stayed in school, Bobby. And then Bobby quickly knocks him the fuck out with his ice head. Maybe you should have stayed in school. No. <laughs> he says, Maybe you should have never left. Yes, that's what he says. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Um, 
what happens? Calypso and them are getting ready to throw yeah, Walter yeah. the second off the roof. They do. Angel comes in. This in, is the only time that him. Angel does anything remotely interesting in this movie, but he saves then his father. Calypso somehow starts fighting Storm. Yeah, and I, which the way she kills her, I'm just like, why not just do that from the fucking start? She throws her into a fence and then lights it on fucking fire. Or uh, lights it with uh, lightning. Gives it the zappy zaps. Electrifies her. I'm like, you can control fucking lightning. Fucking bolt right on her fucking head. But I'm not, I can't kill people because I'm a good guy, so they have to die. <laughs> Fighting? Accidentally. I guess. Whatever. Uh, so Callista's gone. Arclight, I don't know what the fuck happens to her. She just fucks off. Yeah, because... Um, Oh, no, I know what happens. I don't know what happens to Arclight, but Pokeboy, as he's trying to run away from the chaos, as Gene just starts disintegrating everything, he gets caught in the mass that uh, expands around Gene and shit. And around Gene and nothing else. Um, they then are looking at a cartridge on the ground with, like, needles, like, a broken open cartridge with, like, the needles and stuff sticking out. And they're all looking at, well, Beast, Storm, and Wolverine are all looking at it. And they're all like, we know what we have to do. Because there's n- nobody can get to Wolver- or get to Magneto in order to we take him out. We have to do it together. Yes. Uh, they all look at it. And then Wolverine tells Colossus to, a, throw him. to throw him. And he's like, make it a strike. He throws Wolverine. Magneto stops him, stops him puts him on the ground, flips him over. He's like, when will you learn or something like that? Yeah. He's like, well, I made you look. Wolverine says, I made you look. And then in comes Beast from behind Magneto, jumps right behind him, and then stabs him with a bunch of needles. And then immediately Magneto's like, no! My powers! Yeah, he drops to the ground on one or both of his knees, and he's like, I'm, I'm... And then Wolverine finishes it for him, one of them. And then falls to the ground, completely takes out the needles. We see that he clearly lost his ability. Uh, and then he looks, Magneto looks to Gene and he's like, look, this is what they want to do to all of us. And then Gene just wigs the fuck out, goes full fucking Phoenix on it. And then uh, right in the middle of this entire battle scene just starts disintegrating everything. The mass around her starts getting bigger and bigger. Everybody starts running away. Um, Wolverine lo- finally says, "What have yeah?" What have I he, done? He's among the masses that are escaping, and he says, "What have I done?" Which is like, you knew what you were fucking doing. Um, uh, Wolverine looks to Storm as everybody's running away. He's like, "Look, I am the only one that can take care of Jean. You go get I get them out of here. Take I'll her take out. care of her. Whatever." And it's an, and then we have this interesting. I find this the most interesting aspect of this movie is Wolverine who can't die ever is the only one that can take out someone that he loves. So, and we get that little scene near the end, right before he kills her. Um, and we get the scene of like all the like energy coming off of her. And we see all the buildings. We see several people get caught in it. Like pokey boy, he gets caught in the mass as well. He disintegrates. All this stuff starts disintegrating around her. Wolverine slowly walking up to her. We see parts of his skin and muscle being torn from his body. His costumes being torn to pieces and shit. You and see his chest like completely open up, and yeah. you can see his like metal skull, skeleton. Skull, skeleton, and uh, it happens several times: his face, his chest, his arms. As he slowly walks up, I there's there's um, these uh, things that um, Hot Toys and uh, NECA and um, uh, another fucking like toy maker makes, 
where it's like these scenes from like movies and stuff where you um where you have like these detailed characters and like a particular scene almost similar to that um this is very fucking basic but you see that um the alien queen with no 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 i'm blanking on her fucking name jessica jones jessica jones kicking down the wall okay it's very granted that's like a funko pop type thing that's going on right there but or a q pip or whatever the fuck it's called i can't remember exactly um but it's very similar to that only it's more detailed and shit i'm just wondering if they ever made something like that because if so, it's a fucking interesting scene. Granted, I don't like the majority of this movie, but that scene, just that the the picture of this image that's going, the picture of this image, the, uh, the, the, the fucking look of this image that's going on between Wolverine and like parts of his skin and muscles being torn off as he's trying to slowly walk up to Gene and try to deal with what he needs to deal with is very fucking interesting to me. Anyway. Wolverine gets up to her, and right away, Jean Grey slash Phoenix, he's like, you would save them all, or you would do this for all of them? And he's like, no, not for all of them, but for you. Uh, he looks at her one last time, and then just stabs her in the gut. Uh, and immediate, apparently immediately kills her, because everything starts falling back to the ground. Um, and all the chaos is now calmed down. He Wolverine loses his shit again. Um... We then cut to, I think, the next day, and it's a memorial for Scott, Xavier, and Gene, all with, like, Eternal Flames or some shit like that. With well, their names. Scott and Gene just have, like, gravestones Whatever. by the professors who has the Eternal Flame. Whatever. Uh, we then cut to uh, Rogue in, her room, or in a room. I'm assuming Bobby's because Bobby comes into the room, and Rogue's like, I had to do it, Bobby, for us. He, she gets up, kisses him, nothing happens, and now she's apparently a regular person at this point. Um, we but then, for how long? We see a bunch of kids. Mark, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we see the full school. We see the school in full swing at this point. All kids are coming in. We see the boy that could leech off people's power, leech whatever the fuck his name is. He's running up into the school. Storm is greeting everybody. We see Hank McCoy in the school and everything. Everybody's enjoying themselves. The day has been won. We see Wolverine accepting the, the fact as the new teachers, right? And we we also get a news footage of uh, Hank McCoy also being a UN representative as well. I don't think we see Hank in the school. I think we see him as yeah, a I UN representative right. for the United States for mutant affairs at the UN, and the president's introducing him. Shit. Um, and then what's the scene before? Oh, we forgot, I forgot to mention something. So early on, whenever Xavier is teaching class, he's mentioning what is the ethical way to go about change, or uh, taking a consciousness of one person into a completely empty vessel of a body, someone that has no chance of ever regaining consciousness, is in a coma, has no brain activity. Is there an ethical thing that we can do to take a father that's dying of cancer at stage four, cancer and has no chance of that body living but his mind is still sharp as ever and is there an ethical way to take that mind into the body Put it into another body i'm only mentioning that because of what happens later on um we then cut to magneto we we it's just in a park we have no idea who's there it just pans over to magneto and at a chess table with like metal chess pieces he raises his fingers 
and the piece moves a micro of a fucking inch. And then it like cuts the black. Tilts. Yeah. Cuts the black, thus hinting at that Magneto still has his abilities. Right. Which means Rogue's going to get hurt back. Right. And too. technically, from the continuity of 20th Century Fox, they get their abilities back because the next movie with all these characters in it, well, the next movie with all these actors playing those characters is Days of Future Past, and all of them pop up in the new one, in that movie. Yeah. Because the next one, after the next X-Men movie after Wolverine Origins is First Class. Um, resets the canon. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but then uh, credits roll for a bit, and then I think it's like the end credit scene. It's of Moira Mattaggard, and this is the woman he starts talking to before his lesson is cut off short. And uh, she approaches the comatose patient. She's checking out vitals, and then all of a sudden Xavier vo- Xavier's voice comes from out from the body of this random person, and he says, Moira... She looks at it astonished. She said, "She responds, Xavier, and then cut the black, and that's the end of the movie." Watching this movie in full, I can't, I can't stand it. It's, it's not good. I mean, there are, like I've said at the beginning, it, there are aspects of the movie that it's interesting, and I wish maybe possibly we would have gotten more with that, like the Kelsey Grammer's uh, Beast, Beast yeah. would have been awesome to see him maybe with his own movie or maybe with a bigger part in this movie what the fuck ever it just would have been better with him and not storm constantly butting in if they put you know nightcrawler in it because he was in the second one right uh anyway so uh, the uh rotten tomato score obviously isn't going to be well received because once this movie came out people were not a fan of this movie it's very similar to what we've been saying, that there are similar aspects of this movie that are interesting, but overall, the movie's not, not good. Not very good. Um, then the next movie after that was X-Men Wolverine, or X-Men Origins Wolverine, and people were not fucking happy about Which that we'll movie. Which we'll get to that whenever we get to that. Right. Um, and so the critic score on this one on Rotten Tomatoes was 57. The audience score a bit higher than that, 61%. I think it's just people like us are like, there's fun things in this movie, but the movie... It's not the worst thing. Right. Did you see the lights flash? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so hot. Um, all right. So the budget for this movie was $210 million for this movie. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, the opening weekend made $102.8 million. Uh, domestically, it made $234.4 million. Internationally, it made $226.1 million. Altogether... In twenty uh, two thousand six dollars, uh, made four hundred sixty point four dollars million dollars. Now I must have just wrote this in a real quick manner because I wrote down the exact same thing for twenty two thousand six dollars and twenty twenty one dollars for the budget. So I have no idea what the difference is for them, but the other ones are completely correct. So the opening weekend for twenty twenty one dollars is one hundred thirty seven point three million dollars. Domestically, $313 million. So it would be somewhere close to the 313 Yeah, probably. Because the... One, yeah, 234 No. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so the money... Yeah, so the budget was $210 million. So if you look at two, the domestic altogether was 234 So it would be close to like $300 million in 2021. It would probably be like 290 something Something like that. 
Um, but internationally made $302 million and altogether in 2021 dollars made $615 million. So this movie alone made near over half a billion dollars. Right. But it cost a fifth of a billion to make. Right. So whatever. Uh, and like I said from the beginning, like I did not like this movie. This movie, uh, the only time I watch this movie is to be a completionist. Because yeah. every so often I get in that funk. It's like, well, I watched the second one. Might as well watch the third one. And then Might by as the, well keep going. By the end of the third one, I was like, why did I watch that fucking thing? And then I move on to X-Men Origins. I was like, why did I watch that fucking why thing? Why did I do it again? All <laughs> right. Um, anyway, that's pretty much all I got. That's all I've got. Make sure to comment, rate, subscribe. Tell us what you think. Tell us you know, what you think about this movie. Tell us what you think about the X-Men franchise as a whole. Yes. Uh, Most of them are good. I think just two of them are horrible. Yeah. Well, you know what? I haven't seen Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse. There were, I'd say about half the movie I only liked. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Um, uh, yeah, but next week we're going to be talking about X-Men Origins, Wolverine. You know, and whenever we talk about the movie, we'll talk about how they had a whole slew of X-Men Origin movies planned, but none of it came to fruition. Because, because it was so bad. Yes. Um uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram um, at Nordini. You can find me at both at Twitter and Instagram at that wanker. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok and find clips of our show on TikTok. Ooh. If you go to at that wanker, just remove the wor- the letter E from wanker because it's a whole thing. The uh, whole thing I don't want to fucking mess with. I, I don't care. Just you forgot fuck. your password. Yes, I forgot my password for the actual account that said with the E. So I just removed the E from the new account. So I just didn't want to deal with it. So yes. Find me at that wanker without the E. W-A-N-K-R. Right. Uh, And remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night.